when they vote this evening. A Buckinghamshire prison which let out an inmate who went on to murder a pensioner doesn't have enough staff to cope with new day release rules, according to a report published this morning. Prison inspectors have highlighted the case in July last year when convicted killer Ian McLaughlin was released from Spring Hill on temporary licence and murdered 66-year-old Graham Buck in the Hertfordshire village of Little Gaddesdon. Residents in the Hightown area of Luton told a public meeting last night they still need the council to tackle the problem of prostitution 18 months into a five-year plan to get sex workers off the streets. This resident, who didn't wish to give her name, said the plan has had little effect. Um, I've been here four and a half years and I feel much less safe than I did four and a half years ago. I'm not able to walk around freely. Um, not just because of prostitutes, other things that antisocial behaviour is going on in the area makes you feel vulnerable. Heavy drinkers, people, the threatening dogs. It's just a, a general vulnerable, you just feel vulnerable walking around. Detectives searching for the missing schoolgirl Alice Gross have cordoned off a park in West London. The 14-year-old was last seen four weeks ago walking along a towpath. A national licensing policy for taxi and private hire vehicles could be a step closer following the row over a convicted rapist being allowed to drive a taxi in Milton Keynes. The Law Commission wants to prevent drivers with criminal convictions exploiting more lenient licensing guidelines of some local authorities more from you and duncan the law commission wants to introduce a standard policy for local authorities issuing licenses to taxi drivers in milton Keynes, it was agreed more than 1300 drivers would undergo fresh police checks after a serial rapist was allowed to drive cabs conservative mp ian stewart says it's been a damaging event for milton Keynes council all future applications in milton Keynes from drivers with convictions for sexual or violent offences will be refused unless there are exceptional circumstances. In sport, golf's Ryder Cup starts at Glen Eagles in Scotland this morning with Europe favourites to retain the trophy against the USA. The European side have won seven of the last nine contests, while the USA are chasing a first away win since 1993. The weather clouded this morning, but brightening up this afternoon, a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash Three counties. So, what are the other slackers doing for the rest of the day? Today on BBC Three Counties Radio from nine, the JVS Show with the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day, and your consumer problems from twelve. Nick Coffer, live performers, and an awful lot of flowers from the Music in Bloom Festival at St Albans Cathedral from three. Roberto Peroni, the best stories as they happen every single afternoon, and the greatest talking points from seven. Mark Forrest, I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! It's Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up on today's show, mental health failings, a school without buildings, and the lowdown on the Hightown crackdown. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. What you doing? Installing myself. Got a problem with that? Well, yeah. I was going to play a record first. Go on, then. Well, that means we have to sit in the same room for three minutes, 49 seconds, with nothing to say. OK, well, if you promise you won't say anything, I'll stay. Mm, thanks.
Is adamant, isn't it? Adamant. There you go. You can't go wrong with a little bit of adamant. Now, last year we told you about a man who died after falling from a multi-storey car park in Luton. Some people standing below have become impatient with the attempts to talk him down, and guess what? They started shouting for him to jump. Well, not surprisingly, the majority of people we spoke to afterwards were appalled. Disgusted. People should have more compassion for people that are in dire situations and they need help. If you were here, would you have stepped in and said to those people, what the hell do you think you're doing? I think I probably would have done. I'm wanting to know why they were encouraging someone to jump. It's ridiculous. I believe so, yes. Yes. I think it's terrible the way that they try to head him on to jump, really. It's disgusting, yeah. It's incredible. I'd forgotten about that, and it was absolutely incredible. Well, now an inquest into the death of Graham Price, because that was his name, has found serious failings in his care. Catherine Boyle has been looking into this and joins me now. Remind us what happened to Graham. Well, Graham was 33, just 33, when, without warning, he suffered a breakdown. He returned home from work, and as far as his wife knew, two days later, he was psychotic and imagining that people were coming for him. He was extremely paranoid. 17 days later, while out on a shopping trip to Luton with his wife, Linda, Graham climbed to the ledge of the multi-storey car park at the Mall, which is where we became aware of him. A large crowd gathered. They encouraged him to jump. Not okay. everyone, not everyone. There, there no. were, there was, but there were some voices yeah, in there. And, and they were there for some time, yeah. obviously. the, the attempts to coax him down did take some time and some people got impatient but there's impatience and and that because the car park was closed wasn't it so they couldn't get their cars was, was the basic problem so that happened eventually graham fell from the car park and he died but it wasn't until now that we knew about the full extent of graham's mental health problems and actually some serious failings in care that have been flagged up Uh, and this all came to light the inquest didn't it yeah that's right um it was an inquest into his death but also into the events leading up to it by all accounts graham was an ordinary hard-working young man he'd gone to university he'd worked for ernst and young the accountancy firm he'd worked for easyjet and he had no history of mental illness when suddenly everything changed so uh, what changed well he he was taken to the Weller Ward in Bedford Hospital, um, that's the psychiatric ward at Bedford Hospital, for an assessment at the beginning of ja- uh, June last year, and he required inpatient care, but he was discharged due to a lack of beds. So he returned home, and less than three weeks after being released, he took his own life. At the inquest, the coroner pointed to serious failings during both Graham's inpatient and community care, including a lack of a coherent care plan when he left hospital. Indeed, Graham's wife Linda says she wasn't really properly informed about her husband's illness. It's just an expectation that the are the professionals and you hope that they follow the procedures and processes um, in order to release Graham to me and my daughter. There was no real sort of explanation, it was more he's getting better and he'll get better. I felt I was a bit ill-informed really and had I known all the facts. I, I wouldn't have allowed him to come home. So what's been the reaction from Linda to this verdict? Well, you're going to be speaking to Linda in person later on in the programme, but she told us that she's now determined to raise awareness about mental illness and to campaign for better care as a lasting legacy to a husband that she still misses terribly. So has uh, uh, SEPT, S-E-P-T, said anything following the verdict? SEPT stands for the South Essex Partnership Trust. Uh, they've run mental health services in Bedfordshire and Luton since 2007, but actually announced earlier this year that they'd be giving up that contract. We've had a statement from them which says says that they extend deepest sympathy to the family of Mr Price following this tragic event. The Trust has since implemented a robust action plan to ensure all learning has been fully addressed and continues to focus on ensuring high-quality services are provided to our patients within mental health services in Bedfordshire and Luton. Now, if I've got this right as well, Linda, his wife, she was in the crowd when people were shouting for a suicidal man to jump. 
She's fully aware of what went on and she's. I'm smiling because it's. I just. It's that sentence. People were shouting for a suicidal man to jump. It's so ridiculous. How. Could any, if anyone could explain how someone's mindset would think that was acceptable. Yeah, the car park's shut. I think the road may have been closed as well, so you, you can't get around. Oh, well. You're, oh, well. That problem is something that will go away. That ain't nothing. If, if anyone could explain how, how someone could do that, 08459 555 555. to laugh and when the sun is out I've got something I can laugh about I feel good in a special way I'm in love and it's a sunny day Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine We take a walk The sun is shining down Burns my feet as they touch the ground Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Then we lie Beneath the shady tree I love her and she's loving me She feels good She knows she's looking fine I'm so proud to know that she is mine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine You can do it right now, please. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're starting off this morning in Northwood. There's been an accident on the A404 Rickmansworth Road, uh, just a Highfield Road. Taking a look at the M25, building a little bit between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27 for the M11. Some major roadworks taking place there, often causing delays through the rush. Also a lane closed on the M40, just a Junction 5 for Stoke and Church as some bridge maintenance work continues there. No reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's Friday, the 26th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The widow of a Bedfordshire man who died after jumping from a multi-storey car park in Luton believes her husband's death could have been prevented. Yesterday's inquest was told of serious failings by the body who discharged Graham Price from hospital. 
MPs are returning to Westminster this morning to vote on Britain joining the airstrikes against Islamist extremists in Iraq. And residents in the high town area of Luton told a public meeting last night they still need the council to tackle the problem of prostitution. 18 months into a five-year plan to get sex workers off the street. BBC Three Counties Radio. The laughs I have with Roberto. Here's what we talk about. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. Are league tables the best way to judge a school? Pal, do you have any sympathy for the Buckinghamshire golfer Ian Poulter? Police are issuing safety advice to women in Watford, but I'm fascinated by the age gap between her and her husband. Figures show that around half a million pounds were spent in Hertfordshire last year clearing up after people who dump rubbish. They just ate them. Roberto Peroni. There's been an extraordinary action on social media. My big concern is that no one ever worries about the victims. The whole system is designed to help the criminal. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't know what Ben's rushing for, I'm playing this first. Now, usually I don't do this, but uh, go ahead on, break them off with a little previews of the remix. Now, I'm not trying to be rude, but hey, pretty girl, I'm feeling you, the way you do the things you do, reminds me of my Lexus cool. that's why I'm all up in your grill, trying to get you to a hotel, you must be a football coach, the way you got me playing the field, so baby, give me that, and let me get that, running her hands through my fro, bouncing on 24, why they say I'm ready, it's the remix to ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen, mama ruling that body, got every man in here wishing, sipping on coke and rum, I'm like, so what, I'm drunk, it's the freaking weekend, baby, I'm about to have me some fun, Now it's like murder, she rolled Once I get you out the clothes Privacy's on the door But still they can hear you screaming more Girl, I'm feeling what you're feeling No more hoping and wishing I'm about to take my key and Stick it in the ignition So give me that Let me get that Running her hands through my fro Bouncing on 24 Why they saying I'm ready It's the remix to ignition Hot and fresh out the kitchen Mama ruling that body Got every man in here wishing Sipping on coke and rum I'm like so what I'm drunk It's the freaking weekend Baby I'm about to have me some fun Crystal popping in the stretch navigator We got food everywhere As if the party was catered We got fellas to my left Honey's on my right We bring them both together We got juking all night Then after the show It's the after party yeah. Then after the party It's the hotel lobby yeah. Around about four You gotta clear the lobby Then yeah. take it to your room And somebody Can I get a Can I get a Running her hands through my fro Bouncing on 24 Come on, why they saying I'm ready It's the remix to ignition Hot and fresh out the kitchen Mama ruling that body Got every man in here wishing Sipping on coke and rum I'm like, so what, I'm drunk It's the freaking weekend, baby I'm about to have some fun It's the remix to ignition Hot and fresh out the kitchen Mama ruling that body Got every man in here wishing Sipping on coke and rum I'm like, so what, I'm drunk It's the freaking weekend, baby I'm about to have me some fun Come on Girl, we off in this jeep Morgan windows up Lost in the radio In the back of my truck Bouncing up and down Stroking round and round 
the theme tune to the weekend, dear listener. Now, earlier this week, we told you how prostitutes in one area of Luton are still blighting the lives of people living there, despite last year's crackdown. Repeated complaints about sex workers and drug dealers in Hightown led to an operation by the council and the police to clean up the streets. Well, last night, they met with residents to try to answer some of their concerns. Our reporter, Ben Knight, was there for us at the meeting, joins me on the studio. Morning, Ben. What happened at the meeting? Morning. Well, uh, I mean, this was an opportunity for an update on the work being done by the council and the police. This is a kind of joint authority uh, project, uh, and it's been 18 months since the plan has been in effect. So we were given the latest crime figures for the area, an an explanation for for kind of how the police operation is going, and also what improvements to expect from the council coming up. And obviously this is also a community forum where kind of members of the the public, residents of Hightown, can give feedback on how the the last 18 months have gone, and that gives the council and, and the police a way of gauging what improvements can be made. The main issue last night appeared to me to be the balance of support between the residents and the street sex workers. Uh, In fact, one resident during the meeting, uh, we've spoken to her here on the programme, a lady we know as Bridget, she said that whilst the work to tackle curb crawlers was good, the same couldn't be said for the prostitutes. And then you've got all these do-gooders who say they're Christians, but I'm sad to say that their Christianity doesn't extend to us, just the prostitutes. And we are very bitter, and we are very angry, and it's appalling. As you can hear there, you know, there's there's a frustration. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there are examples of prostitutes committing antisocial behaviour themselves, some even flouting ASBOs imposed on them. Uh, as mentioned in that clip, I think some of the residents seemed to resent the idea that the prostitutes were being treated as victims rather than the residents themselves. And we, we what, what isn't being made clear, maybe we, sh- we should just reiterate, that um, it's not just uh, prostitutes kind of walking up and down the streets. They're having it away in uh, against people's back doors, against people's front doors. Uh, in the the bin shoots, it's kind of pretty prevalent, isn't it? Everywhere. Yes, it's it's everywhere, and there's examples of uh, given last night of, of prostitutes sat on walls outside churches, yeah. drinking, uh, taking drugs in, in in open sight, and not being fussed about kind of what reaction from the. Police. So, what what did residents say? Well, I mean, it wasn't all bad. There were some positive comments about the work being carried out by the council and the police so far, but I'd say there was there was a caveat with that. You know. It was followed with a a stern reminder, I'd say, that more still has to be done. This is by no stretch of the imagination, uh, you know, the the, the end of this process. The council did reveal that 20 women have actually been helped to leave street sex work in the area. However, Mm. residents pointed to what they called new faces arriving into Hightown. And and the reason for that is they, they felt that Hightown was still being regarded as kind of the destination for prostitution in Luton. Um, the impression I got from the residents there from speaking to them after the meeting was that they quite literally felt under siege in their own homes. Like you said, even their bin shoots were being used for, for prostitutes to, to, to have sex. You don't want to use a bin shoot for sex. Um, ex- exactly. And, and after the meeting, I spoke to one resident who, who didn't actually wish to be named. Uh, she said that this plan hasn't had any effect on how safe she feels. Um, I've been here four and a half years and I feel much less safe than I did four and a half years ago. I'm not able to walk around freely. Um, not just because of prostitutes, other things that antisocial behaviour that's going on in the area makes you feel vulnerable, heavy drinkers, people, the threatening dogs. It's just a, a general vulnerable, you just feel vulnerable walking around. 
And so when you've heard about the plans, about this five-year plan, do you feel that that isn't having any effect on, on how you feel in terms of your, your own personal safety? Well, I've, I come out my front door and I personally think there should be a zero tolerance to curb crawlers because I come outside my door and there's just continuous um, cars just going round and round pointlessly because there's no reason to go around this area now, especially at night. And um, they don't seem at all bothered about being arrested. They go around quite blatantly. And even if you look at them, they don't seem to be ashamed or anything. And it just is literally a constant supply. And I have a, a young daughter who's unable to walk around freely. I feel very, very worried about her. Did we get any update last night on how effective the strategy has been so far? Well, yeah, and that was kind of connected to the crime figures. Um, it appears to be quite positive. Uh, that, you know, there appears to be a reduction in, in uh, other crime, kind of... Uh, affiliated crime I suppose robbery, burglary, vehicle crime were all down from last year however, and I think certain residents in in the meeting were keen to point out they weren't the main concerns the main concern is on street uh, sex Mm. crime and uh, actually the figures pointed to sexual offences being up by nearly 30% in Hightown and 50% in Hightown North. Now the police explained that this was positive and that more sexual offences were being reported, more arrests being made I'm not sure the residents seemed to buy that though but i think we'll have to see over the course of time as to how those figures are significant um i'd say most residents appeared happy like i said that progress was finally being made this has been a long-standing problem in Hightown, but keen to make sure that momentum wasn't lost i think you know as this strategy continues this is 18 months into a five-year plan we're just going to have to wait and see if it actually does eradicate street prostitution in the town as promised by 2018 well i'm sure you'll be sat here speaking to uh, my successor uh, and telling him (laughs) or indeed her, the BBC, uh, exactly what's happened. Ben, thank you very much.
silly that bit at the end. I don't like that bit. Was they backing away from the microphone? Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, like that. Nice to see you, Kath. Yeah, hi. How? You've got a flowery shirt on. I like it. Well, you've, you've mentioned the shirt twice. Justin well, mentioned it. Well, one's off it. air and one for the benefit of the Yeah, listener. Justin mentioned it. Kelly, which means, makes me think people don't like it. No, it's not that at all. It's just that you haven't got another one like that. It's a bold statement for me to wear. It's not that bold. You're all right. Yeah. It's not like your Magnum. You're not wearing you know, palm trees and surfboards. <laughs> is, it, is it all right? No, I like it. You're just saying that because you've made me throw away shoes and um, another shirt before. At that time, I didn't realise I had that much power. Yeah, I, I mean, know. If I knew that, yeah. there'd be other things that I would what? have. Nothing. What? No, what? but that shirt's nice. And I'm not saying that with any front whatsoever. Oh, oh, oh boily. What? God, I hate you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting up this morning on the Great North Road, approaching the Black Hat Roundabout, building up a little bit as those major roadworks continue there. In Northwood, there's been an accident on Rickmansworth Road, just at Highfield Road, so to approach that with care. The M25, do expect delays between Junction 25 at Enfield and Junction 27, the M11, as those major roadworks continue there. So far, taking a look at the trains, everything's running well. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The widow of a Bedfordshire man who died after jumping from a multi-storey car park in Luton believes her husband's death could have been prevented. Yesterday's inquest was told of serious failings by the body who discharged Graham Price from hospital. MPs are returning to Westminster this morning to vote on Britain joining the airstrikes against Islamic extremists in Iraq and a national licensing policy for taxi and private hire vehicles could be a step closer following the row over a convicted rapist being allowed to drive a taxi in Milton Keynes. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Golf's Ryder Cup starts at Glen Eagles in Scotland this morning with Europe favourites to retain the trophy against the USA. Play starts just after 7.30 with Woburn's Ian Poulter again a key figure for the home side. Quite clearly I've struggled to, to take what I have in Ryder Cup and, and, and put that out for 103 other weeks um, in between them. So... Uh, I've thought about it. It's hard, but you know, to to realise that what every putt means in the Ryder Cup is the equivalent of winning a tournament. In tomorrow's football, Watford travel to Blackburn in the Championship with head coach Oscar Garcia still likely to be missing after illness. Defender Gabriel Tamas is facing a five-month layoff with a knee injury, but assistant coach Ruben Martinez says they'll cope. Yeah, it's bad luck because uh, it's a serious injury, but uh, we we have. Enough players to play in this position. Uh, Craig uh, went in, in the, the last match for, for him and uh, he, he, he did very, very, very well. Milton Keynes-Dons resume League One action with a trip to Bristol City with full-back George Bulldog set to return for the first versus second clash. In League Two, Luton have Jonathan Smith, Paul Benson and new signing Nathan Doyle in contention for the home match with Oxford. Stevenage manager Graham Westley has midfielder Andy Bond back after suspension for the home game with Mansfield. Yeah, Bondy's an experienced midfielder. We've we've been lighting that area with, with Simon and him both being out and Dino being unavailable. It's, it's left us very light in there. Ronnie played in there last weekend, did a very good job, but we 
we all know how important Ronnie is as a right fullback, um, getting the team playing um, and really developing our game from fullback. So, uh, you know, we want to we want to get him playing in his best position rather than doing a job. Um, albeit he did a very good job. And also in League Two, Wickham host Cambridge. And in rugby, Bedford have signed Tongan international utility back Viliami Hakalu. He can play in the centre or at fullback, and is the cousin of England duo Billy and Mako Vanipola. The Blues are at Plymouth tomorrow. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Down, 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 bini, bum, 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 bum. There we go. Oh, no, hang on. Oh, oh, no, hang on. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're waiting for Kelly to come back so we can um, get a song up. We can talk about uh, papers if you want. Oh. A bit, if you want. A bit. Yeah, go, go on then. A go bit. on then. What have you got in the papers? Stephen Fry's got a new book out oh. and he's talking about his 15-year cocaine addiction e- and says that he um, didn't care where he did it and he's oh. um, did it at Buckingham Palace. Oh, Stephen Fry. Well, because that is an addiction, isn't it? Stephen Fry. Well, also, yes, it is. Well, I don't know if he's an addict. No, I don't, I've not really read much about it. But also, he's he's um, uh, the, the, not the only person to have used drugs in Buckingham Palace. I can imagine if I was um, uh, a drug user and I was invited to Buckingham Palace, part of you would think, oh, shall we... Uh, the Beatles famously uh, had a cheeky little magic cigarette in the toilets at mm. Buck House. Well, I imagine as well as that feeling of um, risk, there's also possibly stressful feelings that you might try to try to um, control with that if, if that is the thing that you're struggling with or not. Speaking of um, taking risks and people who may or indeed may not have taken drugs Yes. Lindsay Lohan. Yes. She's in a play. Do you want to go and see it? Because it sounds flipping awful. Do you want to go and see a car crash in London? Uh, There's one happening with Lindsay Lohan. Kelly Betts could you find a song for me please? Could you find What's the World Coming To by Mr Fleetwood Mac? Yes. There we go. There she go. There we go. She's back. What is the world coming to, anyway? Well, it's coming to Lindsay Lohan, who is um, in a play in London's West End, the Theatre District. Yeah. Um, and it, she can't remember her words. Well, I heard that some bits she does remember, or she's prompted with, she's all right. The bit, bits where she's prompted, she's all right. Yes. Um, it's, um, I watched a bit of her reality show that she did with Oprah, or that Oprah tried to do with her, and had to continually pull her back into the office and say, listen, are we doing this or not? Because oh, you're wasting my time. Really? Yes. And she did it on air at one point. The song's called What's the World Coming To? Um, and Lindsay Lohan, unfortunately, is um, a bit lost. She is... Well, say that she's, she, I didn't realise she's 28 years old now. Yeah. Um, anxious Lindsay Lohan needed a bit of help from a stage prop to get her through a West End theatre debut. She had some of her lines highlighted inside a book. Uh, she also needed several off-stage prompts. Now, that is... I still have... Um, I have three recurring nightmares, and one of them is... I'm invited on stage to... Uh, I'm in a play or I'm on stage with the monkeys and I just cannot remember the words. Yep. And it's opening night and I haven't... I don't know the words. I'm desperately trying to learn the words. Yeah, that's similar to the... Uh, I'm doing an exam and I've not read the book. That's the I other one. I get that quite a lot. That's the other one. The th- the, I have the exam dreams and then in the dream, and I panic, because all my friends have, have... And then I think, hang on a minute, I'm 41 years old. I don't need to do an exam. Yeah, sometimes you can claw it back. Yeah. And the other dream I have is I'm moving house. Or I've moved into a new house and I've got to pack everything or I'm, and it's oh. uh, packing, packing, packing. And it never gets to the fun bit, does it? No, there's never a fun bit. I do the shopping dream where I'm oh. looking for something in particular 
This is actually just shopping sometimes in real life, but I'm looking for something in particular and I spend the whole night uh, looking for it and never find it. I haven't had a fun dream for such a long time. No. The, there are over... The, the, hang on a minute, no, let me get this right. There are 14,000 British people now over 100 years old. That means that they are 140,000 years old. Good for them. Or you is s- it... If it's you, call me now. A record 13,780 Brits are now aged 100 or above. I don't think I want to be over 100. I don't want to know. What age, how old do you want to get to? 88? Doing it. I don't know whether I even want to go there. Probably still be working. 63? Experts put the ton-up boom mm, down to improved diets and healthcare and a drop in smoking. The department for... What? By the time they... A drop in smoking. By the time they'd given up smoking. Everyone sm- Did you watch Scylla? Yeah. No. In that, in that programme, no everyone's smoking because that's what it was. Everyone was smoking till the 90s. It's only just started to drop off. I don't believe it's having an impact on um, septuagenarians, never mind centagenarians. I, um, yeah, I... Cause, and also, when you get these old people that were over 100, they're always... They always how, do you, how did you do it? Oh, I, I love a fag, yeah. a glass of whiskey and a bunk up every now and then. That's what they say, isn't it? My favourite one was the, that French woman. Did you ever, did you ever hear that one? No, I didn't hear she that said, one. Uh, she said, I am uh, very old, I smoke cigarettes and drink wine, and I only have one wrinkle, and I'm sitting on it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> jeez. Did you find that song, Kelly Betts? I'm just on the phone to Dennis, Ian. Yeah, could you find that song? No, we don't have it. What the? Also, I'd like to tell you about a dream I have. OK, oh. thanks very much.
a surprisingly good late um, era Fleetwood Mac album. I like that song. Yeah, there's a couple of really good songs on there. I wanted to play you one, but well, the BBC system doesn't have it. There we go. Oh. I've got um, a concert on DVD of booking and mixing in that to each other. They still twinkle at each other, don't they? It's become the thing. Oh, I bet they have a little um, little fumble every little rummage. That's become part of the deal, hasn't it? Since yeah. rumours, they've got to keep that going. Little rummage. You think? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Happily married man now. Yeah. So what? It's Stevie Nicks, isn't it? Stevie Nicks twinkles. She's got a, a new book out. Has she, I want to read it. About what? About herself. Has yes. she? Yes. Oh, he quickly puts another record on to go to Amazon <laughs> and find it. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis. Good morning. Good morning, Dennis. You've ruined my Friday completely. Hang on a minute. I can cheer your Friday up. Wait there one second, sir. Wait there one second. No, no, no. Wait there one second. Here we go. Here we go. Dennis. Come on, Dennis, you can't be grumpy with this music. That was how I expected to wake up this morning, listening to Daft Friday. Yeah. And immediately you broke that thing by telling you about this poor woman who had to watch her husband commit suicide. It's a terribly tragic story. We'll be speaking to the woman herself a bit later on. Oh, well, I'm telling you, I'm desperately sorry for her. Yeah. And I wonder why I'm bothered, bothered to live to be 100, because things are getting worse. Yeah. Honestly, it's it just... And those people who were shouting from the well, Suddenly this music doesn't seem quite so appropriate, does no. it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's horrible, isn't it? It's horrible, yeah. horrible story. Gather them together. But you're, ne- but you're nearly 100, Dennis. Well, I'm the 10 years away. Ten- imagine being 10 years away from 100. Oh, God, don't talk to me. Well, it's going to get 10, 10 times worse. So this Blimey. is why, from now on, Dennis, you get a licence to do whatever you want. Well, I think you should rinse anyway. the next ten years no, out. No, not I a driving license. Because I've got a fantastic family who's looking after both my wife and I. So what yeah. can I say? You know, well, if you're if you're if you were complaining that the start of the show was a little bit doer, yes. um, all I can say is you've certainly dragged it down even further. Well, I am sorry as well, but I say I'm, I'm desperately sorry for this poor woman. Yeah. And I suppose when the authorities get round to it, they'll say lessons have been learned. No, well, that's kind of what they're saying, Dennis. Thank you Let- very much indeed. That, that's that. Thank you, Dennis. That's my uh, my phrase of the moment. Lessons have been learned. What does that mean? Why don't we? Um, um, uh, I don't know. Try and learn the lessons before things happen. I don't want to hear about lessons being learned i want to hear about this is what we're going to do one this improvement two and and actually say and then come back to me in six months time and we'll tell you how we're getting on here's something for those people that may live to a hundred uh, uh we, we now know how to beat dementia it's a curry yeah i know curries may play a key part in helping the brain repair itself may. research suggests they may. eating a curry can help beat dementia tests found that compound cu- commonly used in the commonly used curry spiced Turmeric helped to stimulate brain cells and their development into... Oh, for good... Well, then there should be a whole section of society that has less cases, of, fewer de- cases of dementia than everyone else. The Indians and lads. <laughs> 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 they, they should all be completely dementia-free. Yeah. Saying that, I don't know any Indian family. Maybe there is some evidence. Maybe there is uh, some evidence that backs this up. Yeah. If you're an old lad, call me now. <laughs> or an old Indian. 08459 <laughs> 555. We'll have more from the papers after this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
starting off this morning in Northwood and there's been an accident on the A404 Rickmansworth Road, just a Highfield Road. So far, checking on the M25 and the M40, both moving rather well. And so far this morning, not seeing any problems or delays on the A1M. Checking on the departure boards for the trains and so far everything's running well across the three counties. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.46, it's Friday the 26th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The widow of a Bedfordshire man who died after jumping from a multi-storey car park in Luton believes her husband's death could have been prevented. Yesterday's inquest was told of serious failings by the body who discharged Graham Price from hospital. MPs are returning to Westminster this morning to vote on Britain, joining the airstrikes against Islamist extremists in Iraq. And residents in the high town area of Luton told a public meeting last night, they still need the council to tackle the problem of prostitution 18 months into a five-year plan to get sex workers off the street. Coming up, we'll speak to J-Dog. Before that, let's get the weather. Here's Sarah Thornton. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, thanks very much indeed. What a difference a day makes this morning. A really mild start out there. Very, very different to 24 hours ago. We're at 15 and 16 degrees right across all three counties at the moment. So, uh, yeah, really mild, but a lot of cloud out there. And the story for the day today and the coming days is of, uh, again, a lot of dry weather, but quite a bit of cloud. Some brightness eventually coming through as we go through this afternoon. And temperatures certainly up in the high teens, if not around 20 Celsius, given some brightness but it's certainly not prolonged sunshine. You can't really uh, be looking for that really today or any day, actually. As we go through the night tonight, perhaps not quite as mild. We might get a bit of brightness uh, just at the end of the day, which leads to some clearer skies. So some mist and fog forming by tomorrow morning, potentially, and also quite a bit of cloud moving towards us as we go through the night as well. So tomorrow, another cloudy start, generally a dry day. The cloud thick enough for a touch of drizzle, potentially, through the morning. Some brighter weather in the afternoon. Again, the high teens and staying dry into the new working week, too. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. This week's in Auburn's Cathedral has been transformed into an oasis of colour and sound. I think the colours we've used, the lime greens and the pale creams, and I think it does have a very serene, gentle feeling. The Music in Bloom Festival is taking place and later today I'll be live from the heart of it. I'll check out all the flowers and find out how they can reflect different types of music. Plus, I hear from the local musicians who are accompanying the festival and speak to the organisers. Nick Coffer. Live from Music in Bloom at St Albans Cathedral. Today from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Okay. If you hear a whisper, give us a Give us a shout. Hi, I'm Simon, I'm a saxophonist. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Stop if it. you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Wait if up. you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Oh. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, All right. just give us, us a shout. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. <laughs> if you hear a whisper, please come on now. Give us a shout. If you hear Respect. a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. <laughs> 
Wag one. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. That, my friends, <laughs> is a little yes. taster of what I have to deal with. Podcast, whether you like it or not. Respect! Can I... Can I clip that and just replay it? You can Baby, do something with it. Okay. I've just worked out something as well about how the cart wall works. No There's way. two different sides to it. Yeah. Oh. So that's how I can fire one off oh, and it. another. If you hear a whisper, oh, give us a shout. Wag one. If you, if you hear, hear a whisper, a whisper give, give us a shout. Give off there are some magical people in the three counties, aren't there? And Catherine Boyle isn't one of them. Oh. What a grumpy bum she is this morning. It's awful. It's rubbish. Justin? It means nothing. Oh. She's dissing your work, mate. She's saying that you can't do yeah. your job and you should be fired. I'm not. And you, your dog, uh, Be- uh, Bentley, should go hungry. Boss, I've got to be honest with you. That, that was just absolutely fantastic. Oh. I am loving your work this morning. And I'm loving your work what every morning. What a bunch of butt kisses we are surrounded with. I'm you? the only one who's keeping it real. Oh, I'm keeping it real, our kid. I'm dead mardy like. I'm dead mardy. I've got a murder. I'm so mardy. Proper manga mardy. Bobbins, that's bobbins, that. Ah, it's bobbins. What's, where's the woodbine come from? <laughs> You've always got a cheeky little cheroot on the go. Ah, it's bobbins, that. Ay-ya. You wait. What for? Well, we're going you to... You should Sol- cheer up, but you're waiting a long time. Yeah, we're, hey? going to, we're going to Salford soon. We'll be on my turf then. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Hey, hey lads, is that, is that Southern Ponce I was telling you about? Give them a good going over, I'm Salford get, style. I'm going to get me aunties round. I'm going to get me aunties. <laughs> hey, aunties, is that Southern Ponce I was telling you about? Give them a good going over, Salford style. I'll be back in an hour. Ay-ya. Just? Oh, you're an animal. <laughs> yeah. To change the subject, sometimes when I mic test Justin Dealey, yes. he says, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He doesn't know the rest, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a sec, guys. One, two, three. Guys, as you know, I'm a sensitive man. Mm-hmm. I'm actually picking up that Catherine might be a properly a little bit upset there. No, I'm enjoying this, uh, what would you call it? Bullying. Rubbish. So carry on okay. with that. Obviously, that's what you there. do. She's fair play. She's got you. Fair yeah. play. She's she's permed me. This fair play, Joe. That was rubbish. No, no I, I quite enjoyed it. Well, exactly. Go on. <laughs> I'm in St Albans, home in a big tour. <laughs> you mentioned curry. I'm outside Viadara right now. Uh, th- th- this is where Tom Cruise came for a curry around a year ago. Oh yeah, and he forgot his, he couldn't pay with his uh, American Express, could he? Exactly. Has he got Amex? We don't accept Amex. His friends had to put their hands in their pockets. Yeah. For the first oh, time. By the way. Uh, Mark Travers, if you're listening, can you flick the switch? Because we're now working on delay here, so that sounds like I'm drunk. But um, secondly, uh, boss, pick up one of the newspapers. Yep, got it. Look at the back. Yep. What are they talking about? Uh, golf. Exactly. The Ryder Cup. No. The no. Ryder Cup. No. Here's yeah. a great fact for you. Yeah. Uh, born out of St Albans in Hertfordshire, home in a big tour. Samuel Ryder was a, a keen golfer, a keen golf promoter. So the Ryder Cup, which millions of people are talking about right now, was born from St Albans. Local and so bloody vocal. OK, mm, and that'll absolutely. do for the golf talk for the rest of the year. Hey, now, we are going to send you on a mish mm. today. What's the what's Justin's mish, Kath? Yeah. That thing you're talking about, about lots of um, elderly... Oh, people that, that, living till uh, over a hundred years old. I don't We're know just wondering: was. Do most people want to live that long, Justin? So, can you ask the question? I will ask the question. Would you want to be a hundred? Me. What? No. What age? What? Okay. What would be the age then? If you don't want to live to a hundred, and I know it's a weird question, but if yeah. you don't want to live to a hundred, what age would you want to live to? Um, personally, at the moment, I haven't got children or grandchildren, so I'll say at the moment, I would say sixty-five. <laughs> 
Wow. Not 66 or 64. 65. 65. So you've not got grandchildren? No. I just get this straight, Justin. Sorry, I'm confused. Have you got children or grandchildren? (laughs) No, I haven't, no. Which one? I haven't got children or grandchildren. Uh, Great-grandchildren? No. Okay. Why 65, mate? Um, That's quite young. I want to live my life and I want to enjoy it and I've got this horrible fear of getting old. Plus, you smoke loads and eat loads of (laughs) eggs and salt. Yeah. It's just been with me. It's been with me for years. I have to say, Justin's diet is very poor, okay? It's very beige. Fair play, he's been making a really good effort. The last last two or three weeks, he's been making a cracking effort to eat better. And how has he been eating better? Well, he had Domino's two-for-one pizza on Tuesday. Beans on toast. Beans on toast, but but it's on granary bread. (laughs) Yeah. Bananas, long. Long bananas. listen, Listen, I've not had a steak or a burger for five weeks. Beat that. Yeah, but those aren't the only two unhealthy foods in the world. No, I'm just saying, though, that, that, that steak and burgers I had um, a bit of a craving for on a regular basis, and now I've said... You had a two-for-one pizza on Tuesday. Yeah, that, that was a one-off. Well, it was a two-off. <laughs> <laughs> it's two-for-one. I was desperate. I was desperate, OK. OK, so you anyway, want to die... let's not ride Justin on this. Yeah. 65. 65. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious as well. I know you are. That's the thing. Mm. Could you take it to the streets, please, yeah. mate? <laughs> made me laugh a lot today. I shall report back just after 7.30. Thank you. Oh, Justin. Yeah. Uh, are you on this week or have you been kicked off for the football? Uh, no, I haven't been kicked off for the football. I'm back tomorrow, 12 until 2. Two hours of great songs and great memories, including yeah. somebody pretty trendy, actually. Um, Aloe Black. You know, he's that guy that's oh, yeah. in a dollar. I need a dollar. A dollar. A dollar, a dollar is, is what I need. Oh, yeah, now. He's on the show. He needs a dollar, a dollar, a dollar is what he needs. Oh, yeah, now. <laughs> Just let's see how good you are. Yeah. Blue suede, hooked on the feeling. Oh, that great track. Could you introduce it for us? Okay, here we go. Ah, whoosh, ah, whoosh, ah, whoosh, ah. Blue suede, hooked on a feeling, guys. Let's go. He doesn't know the words. Ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga I can't stop this feeling. Ooga, ooga, Deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize. What you do to me When you hold me In your arms so tight You let me know Everything's alright
all the good love when we're all alone. Keep it up, girl. Yeah, you turn me on. Three Counties Radio, would you want to live to 100 years old? And if not, well, what age would be a good point to drop out of the game? Justin Dealey has bizarrely said he doesn't want to live beyond 65. Your thoughts, please. 08459 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off for this morning on the M1 Luton Spur, building up a bit on the sensors between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road due to those major roadworks taking place there. In Northwood, there's been an accident on the A404 Rickmansworth Road, just a high field road, so do approach that with care. Taking a look at the cameras and the Barnet Bypass in Borehamwood, looking rather slow moving at the moment. Um, that's heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Also in Brickywood, very slow moving at the moment on the North Orbital Road just at Junction 21A for the M25. Taking a look at the A414 so far that's moving rather well and there's no problems to report on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Nicola. Living to a hundred I, 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 I uh, I'm not sure. Well, I suppose if we're all eating curries and uh, not getting dementia as a result, that might make things a bit better. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Bedfordshire Widow criticises mental health service, MPs to vote on airstrikes, and Milton Keynes' taxi row could change national policy. BBC Three Counties Radio. The widow of a Bedfordshire man who died after jumping from a multi-storey car park in Luton believes her husband's death could have been prevented. Yesterday's inquest was told of serious failings by the body who discharged Graham Price from hospital due to a lack of beds. South Essex Partnership Trust, which runs mental health services in Bedfordshire says it was a tragic event but Linda Price says she wasn't properly informed. It's just an expectation that these are the professionals and you hope that they follow the procedures and processes um, in order to release Graham to me and my daughter. I felt I was a bit ill-informed really and had I known all the facts I wouldn't have allowed him to come home. MPs will decide later today whether the whether Britain should join US-led airstrikes on Islamic State militants in Iraq. The Defence Secretary Michael Fallon has warned the military campaign could last up to three years. A Buckinghamshire prison which let out an inmate who went on to murder a pensioner doesn't have enough staff to cope with new day release rules, according to a report published this morning. Prison inspectors have highlighted the case in July last year when convicted killer Ian McLaughlin was released from Spring Hill on temporary pre-licence and murdered 66-year-old Graham Buck in the Hertfordshire village of Little Gaddesdon. 
Residents in the high town area of Luton told a public meeting last night they still need the council to tackle the problem of prostitution 18 months into a five-year plan to get sex workers off the streets. This resident, who didn't want to be named, said the plan has had little effect. Um, I've been here four and a half years and I feel much less safe than I did four and a half years ago. I'm not able to walk around freely. Um, not just because of prostitutes, the other things that antisocial behaviour is going on in the area makes you feel vulnerable, heavy drinkers, people, the threatening dogs. It's just a, a general vulnerable, you just feel vulnerable walking around. UKIP has set out plans to cut the 40 pence tax rate to 35 pence for what it calls middle income earners. It says it'll fund the reduction through leaving the EU and slashing the foreign aid budget. Details will be announced at the UKIP annual conference in Doncaster today. A national licensing policy for tax Taxi and private hire vehicles could be a step closer following the row over a convicted rapist being allowed to drive a taxi in Milton Keynes. More from you and Duncan. The Law Commission wants to introduce a standard policy for local authorities issuing licences to taxi drivers. In Milton Keynes, it was agreed more than 1,300 drivers would undergo fresh police checks after a serial rapist was allowed to drive cabs. Conservative MP Ian Stewart says it's been a damaging event for Milton Keynes Council. All future applications in Milton Keynes from drivers with convictions for sexual or violent offences will be refused unless there are exceptional circumstances. In sport, golf's Ryder Cup starts at Glen Eagles in Scotland this morning with Europe favourites to retain the trophy against the USA. The weather cloudy this morning but brightening up this afternoon a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. St Albans, whoa! BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I lived here and went to school here and then moved to London and then I loved it so much I came back. All this week, we're exploring St Albans. The oldie worldy appeal, the peace round by the park. Exploring where you live. I think it's a very friendly area. Don't have to go too far and you're out in the country and you can walk for miles. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Producer Catherine Boyle is through there. Yes, hello. Hi. Yes. What? Oh, no, 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 nothing. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including mental health failings, a school without buildings, and would you want to live to 100? You don't seem convinced, Kath. About what? Huh? Anything? Um, Living to 100? No, I don't fancy it. If, But the thing is, if you were physically fit and mentally, well, OK, as, as mentally agile as you are now... I'd want to be hot, though. <laughs> there are no hot 100-year-olds. There are some hot 70-year-olds. Yeah, I'll do that. But I'm not doing the... Uh... So what, you're going to check out 71? Oh, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? I don't want to choose my... I don't want to choose my deadline because, of course, um, when I was 12, I thought that 18 was quite old. Oh, tell me about so it. So I'm sure as I advance towards it, it'll start to look more appealing, but I just don't fancy it at the moment, not with the way things are. I'll probably still be working. She's still talking. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that, please. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, I'll have you know, I'll have you know that um, Catherine Boyle and myself, as well as having won uh, two awards, I hope for two more, uh, we have been invited to the premier radio industry event 
to talk to other people in the radio industry about how to do the radio industry by people who clearly don't listen. Yeah, well, okay, let's not let's not dis let's not diss them until after the event. Um, we are going to go to Salford. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm a little bit scared about. I'm I shall, not. I'll get that's my passport my, out. That's my and, peeps. Sorry, that's my peeps. And we're going to address the radio industry on how to do radio. Yeah. So what I'm saying is to you dear listener, you are very, very lucky because you are not having to pay for this, <laughs> apart from your TV licence. Um, mind they're, you, they're not paying us either. They're not, no, that's, okay, we didn't need to perhaps uh, reveal that, but, yet, okay. Yet. No. Maybe when they hear us on stage, they will, as they say, make it rain. I think, I, I'm assuming <laughs> we're allowed to pass a hat at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you've got to do the dance. I'll do the dance and uh, you can uh, wind the organ. And um, we will pass the hat. If we have like a hat, guys, at the... guys, I'm busy, so I won't be able to get you out of that hole. Sorry, what mm-hmm. hole? The hole that you'll be in. What? Without me? Oh. Uh, we'll be fine. It wasn't even never even considered. Huh? In fact, they asked. I'm if, the if... engine. They said, car. "Is there anyone else?" And we won't know. They said, "What about this um, Kelly Bettner?" Do you want uh-huh. to bring Justin? No, no, no. It's just me and Kath. Mm. So. Uh... Oquado for you. But anyway, we'll tell you how it goes. Maybe take some pics. Yeah. Don't worry about it. No, it's fine. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. Now, onto slightly more serious issues this morning. An inquest into the death of a Bedfordshire father who fell from a multi story car park in Luton has been told of serious failings in his care. The coroner heard that Graham Price, who was suffering from depression with psychosis, was discharged from hospital because of a lack of beds and wasn't given a care plan. The lady responsible for mental health services in Bedfordshire and Luton, uh, the body responsible for mental health services in Bedfordshire and Luton, say lessons have been learnt. Well, you can speak now to Marjorie Wallace, who's the chief executive of the mental health charity SANE. Uh, morning to you, Marjorie. Good morning. How serious a problem is the lack of beds in mental health wards? It's extremely serious. In fact, the previous president of the Royal College of Psychiatrists said that the psychiatric services were in as a car crash. We have lost over 67,000 beds in the last 25 years. And in many places, there are simply no beds for people to go to, and people are being shunted around the countryside to find just the one or two remaining adult psychiatric beds. Now, this means that when somebody is in need of inpatient care, that they are depressed, that they're at risk of taking their own lives, they're often being turned away and just simply left to get on with their depression, their lives. They're supposed to be crisis services, as indeed in his case, but they sometimes come too late and they're not enough because just being a few minutes with a person in a day isn't enough when somebody is suffering as he did. And, it, and it, it can prove fatal, as it did in this case. Just a reminder for those who've just tuned in, he was taken to the Well Award in Bedford, Bedford, Bedford Hospital for an assessment uh, but was just discharged due to a lack of beds. And a, a few days later, he took his own life. It can, these consequences can be fatal, can't they? Absolutely. We believe that at least a third of the suicides that we hear about, and we're talking about quite a number of people a year, um, could be prevented if they've been given um, proper psychiatric care 
and had been given a safe place to be where they were being looked after and if they were suicidal that they were being under suicide watch until they were able to um, manage on their own but in his state he clearly wasn't able to manage and the fact that there wasn't bed available to allow him to go out at high risk of suicide was almost cruel. Is it because we... Do we take it less seriously because we can't see it? A broken leg, you can see what the problem is. You know, if, if, if um, someone's having chemotherapy, you, you can pretty much see it. But, but with mental health issues, someone can look perfectly, in inverted commas, normal. Yeah, that's part of the fact that it's invisible. I mean, uh, your chances, for instance, if you are in a crisis, if you go into A&E, of course, if you come in on a stretcher, well, then they have to find you a bed. But if you come in and you are, look, you're walking in and you're feeling suicidal, which is just as painful and just as dangerous, then beds can't be found. And that's because the government has had a relentless agenda to close down psychiatric beds because they say it's the most expensive part of psychiatric care. And this closure, and also it's an easy part to rob because people can say, well, we don't need a bed for these people. They can be treated somehow at home. Um, And nobody can see that they're just lying there in a coma. They may be some hours later, but when they come in, they're not. So trust just simply closed down the beds, and that's where they eat into the uh, mental health services. They're robbed by the acute services budget, and people are really being left um, without little, very, very little support. Cuts are happening at the same time in the community services. The combination means that there's nowhere to go. You mentioned support. The the coroner pointed out uh, that there had been serious failings for Graham, including a lack of a coherent care plan when he left the hospital. What would a, a, a decent care plan provide? Well, we'd like to see some of them. There are a few of them. It would have provided what his needs were. Um, what kind of medication he should be on, somebody to supervise him, somebody to take some kind of um, accountability for the state that he was in. Um, It also mentioned there was no risk assessment, and this is happening again and again. Very scant risk assessment. They see a person, they sort of take a photo snap of them, say, oh, well, they looked all right at that second. They're not listening to what the person is saying and what is going on inside their minds. And this is why we get so angry that um, we hear of tragedies. And look, just listen to, I heard his wife and the children that have been deprived. And we are simply not taking enough notice, not taking mental illness seriously. It is a bigger killer as any other illness. And finally, Marjorie, just uh, when uh, Graham was in this uh, painful situation and was, was threatening to jump off of the top of a car park, uh, a crowd gathered, and because some of them couldn't get access to their cars, they were shouting, jump! That just, I, I, that beggars belief, doesn't it? I'm afraid this happens. You know, people ring up because the trains are delayed because somebody's on the line, and they ring up and they just cross because they can't get in on time. I would like these people who get that impatient just to spend five minutes in the mind of somebody for whom life holds no purpose because the pain that they feel is so intolerable the agony in their mind i want those people to feel that agony before they get angry and impatient marjorie i'm assuming if people want to find out more about saying they can just google it and it'll pop up quite high will it yes there's a website and we have a helpline open every evening of the year 0845 
0800-767-8000. And please get in touch with us because if you're feeling the way that he did, there's nothing better than to talk to someone who's skilled and who will listen to you. Really appreciate your time this morning. It's Marjorie Wallace, Chief Exec of the Mental Health Charity SANE. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. People were shouting jump. Gosh. Yeah, I've spoken to people who were around there at the time and they said that they got the impression that they didn't, that people didn't think he was going to do it. And they thought he was a bit of fun, wasting time, yeah. and they thought he was yeah. attention seeking. Bit of bounce. Oh, so hang on, if he hadn't have done it, that would have been time wasting. If he hadn't, have but done because it. he'd done it, that was... I, was. I was walking past and I was there. If he hadn't have done it, I got the impression that if he would have, because he was sitting on the ledge, yeah. if he had turned his legs round yeah. to get off, yeah. I think people would have booed. Gosh. Gosh, it was that kind of mentality. Wowzers. Hey, uh, 08459-455-555. Let's uh, try and lighten the mood slightly. Hey, guess who's uh, now a UN ambassador? Um, Katy Perry. No. Uh, Barbara Windsor. No. Well, no she's the queen with. of balls, isn't she? Someone with uh, uh, with some qualifications. It's posh Victoria Beckham Spice. She's a diplomat. Posh Victoria Beckham Spice. New Goodwill Ambassador Victoria wows the UN in New York, which meant, sadly, she couldn't be at the opening of her, her new shop in London. Which doesn't have tills. Or a window, apparently. Or prices. Or a door. Windows were boarded up. Oh, no, hang on. That was because it was something like Dresses. Get, get this. A frock costs £1,500. You could buy a queuing for a couple of hundred, apparently. What? Dresses price more than £1,500. Jeans for £215. A pinafore... What? A pin... What's a, a penny? Oh, a penny. A pinafore... No, no a pinafore's not a penny. What's a pinafore, then? A pinafore is a dress that's like a dungaree top, so you've got buttons either side. What? Yeah. Say it again. Right, imagine a pair of dungarees. Yeah. Take the trouser bit off and replace it with a skirt. That's a pinafore. Do you know what I found amusing uh. about that whole account of what her shop was like? And it sounds beautiful. Yeah. And obviously she's taken a lot of time and she's, you know, she's got an eye for design. But she's made the changing rooms big enough for a toddler. Now, if I've got a toddler, I ain't going to be wearing a dress worth £2,000 around it. She's not designed this shop. Of course she has. She's got nothing but time. She's not designed this shop, and I bet she's probably not even designed these clothes. Has she? Yes. You reckon? Yeah. Am I on dangerous legal ground? Yes. In which case, I suspect that she's designed these clothes excellently, and what a an eye she's got what? for shop design. The fashion world loves it. After being quite sniffy about it, they think she's actually very talented. Let's get down there. I'll tell you what, girls, I'll treat you. Christmas is coming up. You can go and pick one penny each, and I'll uh, treat you to it. Christmas time. La, 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 la. Christmas time. La, 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 la. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off in Boreham Wood and looking a rather slow moving on the cameras at the moment on the Barnet Bypass, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Very slow on the M25 at the moment, heading anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and Junction 16 for the M40. In Northwood, there's been an accident on Rickmansworth Road, just at Highfield Road, so do approach that with care. And on the M40 at the moment, uh, there's a lane closed just at Junction 5 for Stoke and Church due to some bridge maintenance work that's taking place there. No reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 
It's 7.16. It's Friday the 26th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The widow of a Bedfordshire man who died after jumping from a multi-storey car park in Luton believes her husband's death could have been prevented. MPs will decide later today whether Britain should join US-led airstrikes on Islamic State militants in Iraq. And residents in the Hightown area of Luton told a public meeting last night they still need the council to tackle the problem of prostitution. 18 months into a five-year plan to get sex workers off the street. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tomorrow afternoon, we're back to a full day of traditional kickoffs. Marriott into the area, low drilled shot into the back of the net. All five of our teams kick off at three, and we'll have live and uninterrupted commentary on Stevenage, MK Dons. Ali on a hat trick, right footed, he gets his hat trick. Watford. Hey, Cathcart! He equalises for Watford on the volley. And Luton. Right footed, oh, he saved it, comes back out to Cullen, and Cullen scores. Plus, regular updates. From Wickham. It's Wood, it's a goal, it's Sam Woods. Listen to your local team in Three Counties Sport. Tomorrow from 2 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a voice that keeps on calling me down the road. It's where I'll always be. Three Counties Radio, 08459 555555. And uh, that was played to uh, to celebrate National Kelly Bats Day. Thank you ever so much. You were dancing... Uh... Like a doggy. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is... She was. She actually was. There was a tail being wagged and all sorts. But, well, I, I, I think that's what it was. It's the happiest little song. Ever. Ever. Good, well, I'm glad that we've managed to... <laughs> To cheer you up. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Now, people living in the Hightown area of Luton told a public meeting last night they still need the council to tackle the problem of prostitution. 18 months into a five-year plan to get sex workers off the streets. 
repeated complaints about prostitutes and drug dealers in the area led to an operation to clean up on street workers from the uh, whole town by 2018. However, one resident who didn't wish to be named has told us that she feels no safer now despite the crackdown. Um, I've been here four and a half years and I feel much less safe than I did four and a half years ago. I'm not able to walk around freely. Um, not just because of prostitutes, other things that antisocial behaviour is going on in the area makes you feel vulnerable. Heavy drinkers, people, the threatening dogs. It's just a, a general vulnerable. You just feel vulnerable walking around. Joined now by Shazad Kadam, a local shopkeeper who we spoke to earlier this week and was at last night's meeting. Morning, Shazad. Good morning. What was said last night? Well, same same as every meeting. You know, uh, same things are said. You know that they're committed, but uh, you know we're yet to be shown how committed they are. You know. Uh, They've, um, you know, a comment was made yesterday regarding clearing up Brook Street, you know, but, you know, they cleared up Brook Street, where do they think it's going to go? You know, they put a barrier up there. You know, where do they think it's going to go? You know, it's going to go to High Town, wasn't it? You know, they had to, had to go somewhere. Arrests, so, arrests are up significantly. Um, I, I don't know about that. You know, in, in uh, I think in uh, 18 years, I think it was something like seven arrests, 18 months, seven, seven arrests. So I don't know, what, you know, uh, you know what arrests have been up. Well, it's, it, the, the, what we've got here, the crime figures show that sexual offences are up nearly thirty percent in High Town. Now that fifty-six percent, it was fifty uh, percent in High Town North, thirty percent in High Town. Are the figures I have, yeah. uh, uh, that would imply that the police are doing more. No, the offences are up fifty-six percent. That means there's more, um, you know, there's more. Uh, girls out there, more curb crawlers out there, or or it could mean that uh, the the police are doing more, that that they are they are making uh, doing more moves, arresting more people, speaking to more people, and jotting it down. Oh no, they, they are definitely trying to trying to do uh, you know doing the arrest, trying to do their job. But at the end of the day, it's 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 not enough because it's not deterring the uh, the prostitutes or the uh, curb crawlers. You know, it just shows that the, the problem is bigger than they at first anticipated. We're 18 months in to a five-year plan. Yes. So there's still a long way to go. Well, the thing is, in uh, you know, other boroughs with uh, bigger problems in Luton, bigger towns, cleared up their areas within 18 months. and Probably got post- more money to spend as well, I would have thought. Well, you're right there. You know, they haven't probably spent it on £91 million on a busway. Uh, you know, or, you know, they're spending it wisely. You know, they've got more resources. You know, maybe uh, a few, you know, um, whether it's the PCC or whether it's uh, the Lillumbra Council, maybe they need to look at putting more resources into the area so the residents of High Town can get, you know, a peaceful night's sleep and feel safe on their own streets. One thing residents did say was that uh, new faces were being spotted in High Town. Can you elaborate on that, Shazad? Yeah, there has there has been a few uh, new girls coming into the area. Uh, you know, they're all coming out of the area uh, from different parts of Luton, coming to High Town to ply their trade. So, you know, obviously, wherever they have been doing the partners, it's uh, it's sort of um, got you know you know the, the girls know uh, that. Uh, Nothing's going to be done. They'll probably just get caution, like most curb crawlers and the women. They're not going to get touched. They know they're not going to get arrested for it. So for them, it's, it, <coughs> excuse me, it's easy, easy, easy money, and you know, not worried about um, tax-free money. Not worried about what effects it has it's on not, residents. Shazad, it, 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 it's not easy money, is it? Really? Well, you know. Um, uh, it's, it's not easy money, but, you know, it's, it's the risk they're taking. You know, obviously, they know what they're doing. You know, the one girl 
14 years she's been out there. So, uh, you know, she comes out, she said she came out there just for the money. Nothing else. Well, yeah, they're not doing it for uh, for a laugh, are they? They're, they're well, doing it solely for the money. Exactly. 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 Yeah. yeah and that, would, that, that, would, would that not imply just how desperate that these 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 women are? Well, there are. Imagine you know, having to sell yourself. Are, Imagine having there, to sell there, your yeah, body there, there, there are, there are, for there are money. Loads, there are loads of other you know people who live in the ward in the town yeah. who are desperate for money, yeah. and they don't go out and break the law, and you know um, you know something immoral. And you know, break the law like that to you know try to make w- ends meet. There are other ways of doing it. I would, I would imagine that uh, the immorality of it is uh, right at their bottom, the bottom of the list of uh, concerns these women have. Was there any um, optimism or hope that you picked up from the meeting last night? Uh, well, you know, from what uh, you know, a few members of the partners, you know, from what they had said, uh, you know, there was there was hope. There was hope that you know that they are committed. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm I'm surprised that uh, the PCC, uh, you know, arrived right at the end of the meeting. You know, he's never never come to any previous meetings, but he arrived at the end of the meeting. Holly Martins? Cameras, yes, that's correct. Uh, whether that was because the cameras were there, you know, maybe he thought he'd jump on the bandwagon, or maybe, you know, um, you know the previous meetings he said that, that there is no uh, prostitution problem in Hightown. Um, so, but yes, oh, I, th- I think uh, when we've spoken to Mr Martins, he, he recognises there is a problem there, in fairness to him. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, no, I'm saying previous meetings. Right, okay. okay. Previous meetings that we've had at the radio station with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, he said that there isn't a problem in high town. So what's... You, listen, let, let's try and end on a positive note, Shazad. You said there was a glimmer. What is that glimmer? What what what, what d- d- have they said that's kind of made you think, OK, well, maybe this isn't a completely lost cause? Well, the thing is, you know, they've, they've listened to the residents. They've listened to the concern. They've accepted that, you know... Um, you know, there more needs to be done. They need to go back and look at this and see, you know, what other ways they can deal with this so it doesn't affect the residents in in the way it is. And, you know, a few of the partners, they were quite, um, you know, giving positive vibes and, you know, give, listening to us, not just trying to sweep it under the carpet like previous meetings, previous councillors have been doing, you know, you know, you know trying to, uh, you know, like I said, you know, there was councillors which the organisations which were in the area which were interested in keeping the prostitutes in the area. To yesterday's meeting, they listened that maybe, you know, that these organisations should be and shouldn't be in the area, so they should be somewhere else and not attract the girls to come there when they know they've got to go to certain institutes and it's all within the area where they ply their trade. Shazad, I appreciate uh, you speaking to us and no doubt we'll, we'll speak again soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. That's Shazad Kadam. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So tempted to do the phone in after Stephen Fry's admitted snorting cocaine in uh, Buckingham Palace. Where have you done drugs? We won't, but it's it's a, it's a tempting one. Yeah, I'd love some Texas. What you got? Uh, here we go. Mark saying fifty percent up might be from four to six te- uh, arrests. Says Mark. Oh, this is the the figures. Yes, okay. Uh, my be. father is ninety five next birthday. He's oh. in good health. He still drives. He's got a lady friend. Whoa. Not my father. He's a lot younger than that. Yeah. He uh, lives on his own and he's always out and about. He'd love to live to hundred. Says David of Marshall. Right. This because it's, it's within grasp. Mm-hmm. But he drives. At 95. No, no, no. That's going to get to his lady friends. Well, she can come she can come around and see him. The bus pass. He should not be driving at 95. I don't care how fit uh, he 
thinks he is or how fit he thinks she is. He should not be driving at 95. I've said that before, and that is just insania. Someone at 95 driving a car for a bit of, for a leg over. Whoa. What? Or some company and some delightful chat. Old people still... <clears throat> yeah, but when... David of Marsh Farm's talking about his dad. Oh, David, so I do apologise. Of course, he's just gone round there to hold hands and drink tea and watch Doctors. Thank you. Bit of sensitivity, please. Fwah. That's what she said. Fwah. And Steve of Redbourne, I've never had a Ruby Murray. I hate the smell of it. What? I mean, I'm going to die very soon. What? what? He's never had a curry? No. That's Steve of Hemel. That's nuts! How old is Steve? Is like sure? six? I can't tell from the text. I, am I supposed to judge his age through his writing? Less of the attitude, young lady. What? Exactly what that. attitude? That. I'm not doing one. That. What? That one. What's your beef? That. What? That. What? That. Oh, that. Yes, that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off this morning on the M25, heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving at the moment on these speed sensors between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and Junction 16 at the M40. In Boreham Wood, very slow moving on the Barnet Bypass on camera, heading at southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Just checking on the A1M, that's moving rather well, as is the M40, no problems or delays. And on the trains, everything's running to time. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The widow of a Bedfordshire man who died after jumping from a multi-storey car park in Luton believes her husband's death could have been prevented. Yesterday's inquest was told of serious failings by the body who discharged Graham Price from hospital due to a lack of beds. MPs will decide later today whether the whether Britain should join US-led airstrikes on Islamic State militants in Iraq and a national licensing policy for taxi and private hire vehicles could be a step closer following the row over a convicted rape being allowed to drive a taxi in Milton Keynes. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Golf's Ryder Cup starts at Glen Eagles in Scotland this morning with Europe favourites to retain the trophy against the USA. Play starts in a few minutes' time with Woburn Zee and Poulter again a key figure for the home side. Quite clearly I've struggled to, to take what I have in Ryder Cup and, and, and put that out for 103 other weeks. Um, in between them so uh, I thought about it it's hard but you know to to realize that what every putt means in the Ryder Cup is the equivalent of winning a tournament in tomorrow's football Watford travel to Blackburn in the championship with head coach Oscar Garcia still likely to be missing after illness defender Gabriel Tamas is facing a five-month layoff with a knee injury but assistant coach Ruben Martinez says they'll cope yeah it's bad luck because uh, it's a serious injury but uh, we, we have enough players to play in this position uh, Craig uh, went in, in the, the last match for, for him and uh, he, he he did very 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 Milton Keynes Dons resume League One action with a trip to Bristol City with fullback George Bulldog set to return for the first versus second clash. In League Two, Luton have Jonathan Smith, Paul Benson, and new signing Nathan Doyle in contention for the home match with Oxford. John Still's side have picked up after a slow start. We're not there. Seriously, we're not there yet. Um, possibly a little bit because 
we, we've got so many people missing, and which isn't an excuse. You've got, we've got what we've got, and we've done all right with what we've got, but I think we will improve as we get players back. Stevenage have midfielder Andy Bond back after suspension for the home game with Mansfield. Also in League Two, Wickham host Cambridge. And in rugby, Bedford have signed the Tongan international Viliami Hakalu. He can play in the centre or at full-back and is the cousin of England duo Billy and Mako Vanipola. The Blues are at Plymouth tomorrow. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, that's the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Let's have a few uh, comments before we go on to the next story. Catherine has joined me in the studio. Good morning. Yes. What comment do you want? Uh, well, I'm hoping the comment would be um, uh, actually a question. About? Can you think what question I want you to ask me? About yourself? No. Well, yeah, it does involve me, yeah. Can you think what question I want you to ask me? Is it, is it the reason why you put your cup there? Yes, that's good. You're good. You know I don't do that. <laughs> Not even for me? No, not during the show. I've got things to do. I've, oh. got, to, I've got an idiot to listen to, um, a talent to manage. On the subject of prostitutes... Yes. Andy says on Twitter, Prostitutes have always been in Hightown. Simple answer, don't live there. Oh, move out and allow them to take over. Yeah, well, if, uh, have they always been there? I mean, it's, it's interesting. And Kenny Redbourne gives us a personal anecdote about a prostitute. I hope it's charming. Well, I'd, yeah, it's odd. About 20 years ago, I took my father on a trip to see the places he fought in World War II. He was about 70. In a Berlin underground station, I left him for five minutes to ask directions. When I came back, he was being propositioned by a woman who must have been at least 80. Wow. Old prostitutes. Old German prostitutes. Hard worker. Well, you've got to work past your pension these days. Uh, Ethelbert's on the line. All right. I'm still here. Well, you, you sound surprised. I am surprised because uh, I like the... the, the, the the video it used to be on television years ago. It was in black and white then. Which video is that? Of a prostitute? No, no, no. Uh, it's nothing to do with uh, Grizzly Adams. Uh, that track, I'm interested in the theme The music, theme tune know. to Grizzly Adams that we just played earlier? Yeah, that's you right. Mean, you mean uh, this? That's the one. The theme tune to Grizzly Adams... The theme tune to the Littlest Hobo, but... It does tell the story of Grizzly Adams, though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. The theme tune to the... Hello? Ah, I'm you. Good. No, I'm surprised now. Uh, yeah. what, t- tell me what memories this theme tune to the Littlest Hobo, which you think is the theme tune to Grizzly Adams, actually brings back for you. Well, I couldn't say. It's, it's, but uh, I just liked it because it reminds me of uh, the wildlife films that I sometimes watch. And, um, yeah. and, uh, and Grizzly Adams. Yeah. Grizzly Adams was the fella who lived, who lived with a beard, with a beard, with a bear. And That's a beard. right, a beard and a beard. He had a beard and a bed. No, hang That's on. That's right. He had a bird and a beer. No, hang on a second. Yeah. He had a beard and a bear. Yes. That's nuts, isn't it? That's right. That's and this theme tune, which yeah. isn't to that, reminds you of that. Yes. Beautiful. It's the littlest hobo theme. So it's just called um, maybe tomorrow, is it? Yeah. Okay. It's called it's called the littlest hobo theme. The littlest hobo theme. The what? Is it the littlest hobo theme? Hobo theme. Yeah. Okay. And it's the it's the theme tune to Grizzly Adams. Thank you very much. Thank you so You're much, Ethelbert. Thank you, mate. Have a nice weekend. 
Okay, God bless. God bless you too, Ethelbert. Thank you. If you like um, bears, <laughs> Ethelbert, and I take it from that conversation that he loves them, yeah. then don't watch the Grizzly Man that you let oh, me. Oh no, that's, a, that's, that's sad. an upsetting film. Remember Grizzly? I used to like Grizzly Adams. I'm just old enough to remember Grizzly Adams. No. It was kind of it's 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 in the shadows of my memory. It's a fella who lived in the the woods with a bear. What for? He was nuts. I think is the basic. Because a bear will rip your head off. Is there? Was there any more? So I don't. We don't often do old TV shows, but was there any more to Grizzly Adams? Was I he, remember. Was he a frontier man, or was he just um, someone who opted out? He opted out. So it's like the Good Life, but with a bear. It's the American version of the Good Life. They remade it with that. If I remember it correctly, some oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. He lived in a log cabin in if the woods. He had an axe. If they went out, how would it work? What? Him in front, the bear behind. He had trousers, or as they call them in America, pants. You enjoyed that, didn't you? No one else did. Jeez. You right? Yeah. Okay, Kath. You enjoyed that little joke, didn't you? I might have a word with... I heard myself say it. Yeah. I might have a word with the organisers of the Radio Academy event and see if I can make it solo. Yeah. I'll just watch. Oh, eight, four, five, nine. Throw stuff. Four, double, That's what I was hoping to do in the first place. I don't know why you've me into it. (laughs) What have you done to her this morning, Kels? I didn't even hear her joke, but I can't stop laughing. (laughs) She's gone nuts. I I actually feel embarrassed for for everybody involved. (laughs) <laughs> it was a silly joke. What even happened? I just saw you laugh, and for some reason, it made me laugh. You won't even get the joke. Am I? Uh, well, you can listen again in uh, about three hours. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, five, nine, four, double five, five, double five. Wait for five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. And scene. Now, two months ago, the government gave its... Are you going to be able to do... This is a serious story now. Do you want to play the theme tune to Grizzly Adams? <laughs> Hang on a second. I think we'll have this. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Oh, no, oh, no. He swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe. Oh, gee, oh, gee. He's up to my knee, he's up to my knee. Oh, fiddle, oh, fiddle. He's reached my middle, he's reached my middle. Oh, heck, oh, heck. He's up to my neck, he's up to my neck. Oh, dread, oh, dread. He swallowed my... (laughs) That's better. And scene. Two months ago, the government gave its backing to a new free school for girls in Luton. The Luton Academy, which will take pupils up to and including sixth form, is set to open next September. And that's pretty much all we can tell you. Oh, come on, focus! I'm not even looking at you now. This is an important story. Please. 
And that's pretty much all we can tell you, because our repeated requests for an interview with the school's director, Sophia Dar, well, they've been avoided or flatly refused. So, last night we sent a reporter along to the school's first open evening. It was held at the Chawl End Centre because, well, the school doesn't have a building or even a location for the building yet. It's all rather vague, isn't it, Catherine? It is, yeah, and we've been trying to get some clarity from Sophia Dar, the director of this new school, for the last two months, but without success. She's always either too busy or she's not answering the phone. But last night, our reporter, Ewan Duncan, offered to meet her at her convenience at the Chawl End Centre. So, uh, we're going to play the interview now, are we? No. Oh. Um, first, she said she wouldn't speak to us without seeing the questions first. Then she told us she was too tired. And then she said she was worried about the way the school would be portrayed. It's kind of the impression we've been getting since the school was announced in July. She just doesn't want to talk to us. We've even been in contact with the Department for Education, who advised the school to make contact with us, which they did to say they didn't want to talk to us. I am no uh, journalist or detective, but I am getting the impression she just doesn't want to talk to us. Do you think? Yeah. I'm not sure where the reticence come from, though. Remember, this is the way forward for education as far as the government is concerned. This is something new. Parents will want some sort of reassurance. They will want a voice for the school. The school's being funded by the government and therefore by taxpayers, and it could be argued that they're asking parents to take something of a leap of faith here, to take their children out of one school and sign them up for another based on a new model with no track record or indeed building. Still, some parents were prepared to give it a go. About 100 went to the Chawl End Centre last night and here's what they told you and Duncan when they came out. That is worrying. There's no site and there's no head appointed yet. It's opening in a year's time, so that is quite worrying. But having come here today and what they're saying that they're going to offer is quite positive. Um, the building the confidence with the children, taking the ones that are going to be at high achievers, taking them to the next level, and the ones that aren't, they're trying to build their confidence, but also the extracurricular activities they're going to be doing. I think that's quite strange because I don't think you can decide where to send your child to unless you know where it is. If you live one side of Luton and you've got to get to the other side, there's a huge transportation problem. And I think there's been a, a stopping of buses and coaches going to schools at the moment, so it might be a problem. Um, and I think they should declare that quite at an early stage so we can actually make up their minds where they're going to send their children. I think that's a major problem in my mind. At the moment, because I'm not sure uh, where it's going to be, so I just came here just to find out actually where, where the academy going to uh, be in Luton. And uh, at the moment, nothing is clear, so I'm not sure at all. There's a lot of talk, but there's no walk because we don't know where the location is. I'm looking to buy a house at the moment and the problem is that I, I don't know where to buy a house because I don't know where the school area is. But one thing I've just spoken to the lady here, she was saying that the catchment area is quite uh, uh, is open for all areas catchment. It's not just specifically you have to live nearby the school to get that catchment. So that's a good thing. But I'm just saying, just if I'm living you know, s- seven miles the other side of Luton, I'm coming to a school here. So the other children, they will be going to other schools because I have younger children which go to infant school. So the timing of it, that will be in consideration. Sometimes, you know, there's only like a 15-minute difference between the other school. So that's people who went to the open evening, who informed themselves. And that, if Sophia Dar, if you're listening, that's why you might like to speak to us. Do give us a call, 08459 555. Obviously, under no obligation to speak to us whatsoever. And if she chooses not to, that's fine. But it does... It, it, the, the more she refuses to speak... Just, I'm starting to get suspicious. Now, if that suspicion is misplaced, then come and tell us it's misplaced. Do you misplaced. remember when Bedford Free School was happening? And for a long time, there was a lot of uncertainty, but they always spoke to us because yeah. this is the way schools, if the government gets this way, this is the way schools are going to be going and you need to have a personality at the front and of And would you... You wouldn't sign up for a school that didn't have a school location. Well, how can you plan your life? These are children that, that it's not starting out with primary school. This is a secondary school, yeah. so it goes from 11 till uh, 18 when they finish education. Odds are you've got a young 
younger child. Odds are you need to plan your morning. So how on earth can you say my daughter will be there at a certain time when you have no idea how far it is from home? or from your other child's school. The school's being funded by the government. Does that mean they've invested money already? Do we, do we know how that works? That'll be interesting we to, need to, look into uh, to, to find out. Yeah. Uh, Sophia, I'd love to speak to you. There's no, there's, there's no catch, there's no trick question, there's, there's nothing. We just want to know about your school, that's all. These free schools will get a budget and they can do with it what they will. They're not, uh, they're not answerable to the local authority. I think that's the general gist there. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number uh, if you want to give us a call. You calm down now? Yeah, I'm all right. Good. Could you uh, make us cough? No. That's that's unfair. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, we're going to war today, guys. We're going... We're not actually going to go to war today, but we're going to vote on going to war today, guys, and then we'll go to war probably tomorrow. Isn't that the plan? If we say yes today, we, if the MPs say yes today, I think they start pretty soon with the old um, bombings, I think. Is that how it works? Well, there'd be nothing to hold them back. It's pretty instantaneous. I um, am flipping and indeed are flopping on this. I don't know which way to... I mean, it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. I am flipping and are flopping. Isle if that's what we're calling him this week, yes. seem to... There are no signs of slowing down and something has to be done about that, surely. Whether it's going in and bombing them. Uh, 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 just very quickly, we, we can put this out here. You, don't, you may or may not want to bite on this. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. How, which way do you want your MP to vote? Yay or nay? Because there will be some that abstain. Or, or that vote no, sorry, or abstain, I don't know. There will be some that, uh, that, that, that vote no. And I just wondered what, which way you would like your MP, who is representing you, to vote. Because I'm flipping and a flopping on this. What, I really what's am. making you flip, Andy D. Flop? Well, I was all for it, because I thought it's kind of our responsibility as we sort of partly made this mess. Uh, and then I'm thinking, well, actually, but if we're just going to bomb them, that isn't going to solve it. That's going to make things potentially worse. It's in three countries. ISIL, ISIL are in three countries. So what? We're just going to do Iraq. The, 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 the motion that's put forward doesn't include Syria. There is no clean way to do this either. The, the innocent people will be hey, caught we're, up in it. We're going to kill some more kids and women, guys. And I, again, I don't, I mean, I don't know. 08459 four double five five double five. I don't know. I don't know what, which way I want it to, to go. I know which way it will go. Uh, how would you like your MP to vote today, please? Yay or nay? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M1 at Luton Spur, it's building up a bit on the sensors at the moment between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road. Having a look in Watford Exchange Road, looking a little heavy at the moment, just around Upton Road. And there's been an accident in Northwood on the Rixmansworth Road, just at Highfield Road. The M25 on the sensors building up, heading anti-clockwise between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16 for the M40. And the Barnet Bypass looking heavy, heading at southbound on camera between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah. 7.47, it's Friday the 26th of September. I'm Ian Lee. 
These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The widow of a Bedfordshire man who died after jumping from a multi-storey car park in Luton believes her husband's death could have been prevented. MPs will decide later today whether uh, Britain should join US-led airstrikes on Islamic State militants in Iraq. And operators of a new girls' academy school in Luton have held their first open evening for prospective parents but haven't yet revealed the location of the school. Let's get the weather, Hisara. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the story for the next few days right across all three counties is of dry weather, but also quite a bit of cloud, and certainly we start with that cloud this morning. Having said that, it's giving us a very different start to the one we saw yesterday morning. Uh, the temperatures are in the mid-teens. We're at 15 and 16 degrees right now across all three counties. But quite a bit of cloud. As we get through the day, a bit of brightness to come through. It's just bright spells, but in the best of those, 19 or 20 Celsius and staying dry. Through the night's night, keeping quite a bit of cloud, temperatures up and double figures, a cloudy, misty start tomorrow morning, but some brightness at times as we go through the day and staying dry. Top temperature of 18 or 19 Celsius, and then dry right the way through the second half of the weekend into the new working week. Looks like even until Tuesday we say dry, but with quite a bit of cloud around. Every weekday morning, local opinions. Well, I think it's a very difficult uh, proposition. You really cannot allow your heart to rule your head. Local stories. I wanted to call my house Hardcore Mansions. They refused that on two separate occasions. I wasn't leaving the house through the fear as to what I would find when I came back. Local life. I bought a car within three months. It's rusty. They said that the deposit would be forthcoming. It wasn't. The JVS Show. Weekdays from 9 on BBC Three Counties Radio. I hate my car. Why? Uh, it's just got loads of cracks and scratches on it and dents. There's a dent on the bumper now at the back. We know you can do something about that. What? Sell it. We had a complaint. Yes. Go on. A travel complaint. Yeah. This is from Gary. Ian, I'm outraged. This is supposed to be the BBC. I pay my licence fee, but I never hear how the travel is for me, specifically the A82 and Erskine Bridge just west of Glasgow. I hope you remedy this soon and sack that gobby travel lady. (laughs) (laughs) Regards, Gary. Fair play. Nicola Richards is actually very gobby. There there is no denying that, Gary. She doesn't ever cover Glasgow. No. Uh, He's in Glasgow? Yeah. He we never hears how the travel is for him, specifically the Erskine Bridge, Glasgow. I said uh, someone on my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Ian Lee Official, I'm trying to get the official dropped, but it's it's tough, um, listens to the podcasts in Los Angeles, wow. America. When he's stuck in traffic jams wow. in Los Angeles, he's listening to this rubbish. They don't have the wireless in America, do they? In the colonies? They don't have wireless. They've got, they've got radio now. Have they? Yeah, they've got radio. Never heard of since about the, the late 90s, mate. You're so have they? Yep, 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 yep. Oh. Yep, 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 yep. Wow. They have. He chooses to listen to this. Mark, he chooses to listen to this. Mark is on the line. Ian. Manager Mark, it says on my screen. That's a term I'm still reticent to use. You are Mr. 15% of mine and Kelly's hit Christmas single, Christmas time. Yeah. La, 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 la. a hit. Yep. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> what can we do for you, Manager Mark? You got any gigs for us? No, but I'm working on some promotional material that I sent Kelly this morning. Beautiful. What have we got? Um, it's you doing a bit of a dance dressed up as Santa. Hi, I... OK, and here's... I've got the email here from Mark. Hi, I can make is fun video using the game named Elf Christmas. Well, that doesn't uh, make sense. OK, I'll click on that's the... That's not from me, buddy. 
All right, buddy. That's pre-populated text from the uh, application I use. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to click on the link. I've, so I've been sent this here. Hang on a second. Kelly, you've seen this, have you? Yeah. Okay. There's okay. There's me as Father Christmas, ringing a bell. Okay. It and has I'm, music. It yeah. Has music. Okay. I can't get the music. Okay. It goes on a bit. Okay. And then you unroll a little scroll that says Merry Christmas 2014. Okay. I'm going to get a picture of Kelly later. I'm going to get her in there. I was going to say, because Kelly is is um, part of the double act. I'm the Lennon in this situation. No, I'm the Lennon. What? I'm the Lennon. Let's not the argue, Lennon. kids. Lennon. Oh. Stay I'm out McCartney. of it, Kath. <laughs> I am staying out of it. Yeah, McCartney's the... Uh, no, hang on. What's her name? Catherine's the Pete Best. Catherine, no, no, the best. Stuart. no. Ca- Catherine is. Um, I'm going to say no, no, no. Well, Stuart, no, no. Catherine is um, uh, Freddie. Mercury. No, from the Dreamers. Rubbish. Oh, rubbish and nothing to do with us. I feel like I'm almost pwned. Um, manager almost. Mark. Hello. I have another issue with the video. Uh oh. It's not to our song. No, it isn't, because oh. this is just the early stages. Oh, but I thought I'd bring... Oh, guys, listen. You up. can't make a video Hang to on, somebody else's fine. song. I'm starting to like I, this more. I was going to overlap the music. I just wanted to get your thoughts before I did that work on how it looked right I now. I tell you what, overlap the music. Yep. Send it in. I need a picture of Kelly. Can you guys email me a Oh, I see. Oh, He's playing on. the long con. Oh, He's right. playing the long con. There's none There's none to be fair on your website. There should be. There's hardly any of cat either, so let's get some pictures of the ladies up as well. Oh, you deviant, Mark. Thank you very much indeed. You see, the, ca- the casting couch is alive and well in Manager Mark's world. Disappointing, eh? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. A national licensing policy for taxi and private hire vehicles could be a step closer following the row over a convicted rapist being allowed to drive a taxi in Milton Keynes. The Transport Minister, Baroness Kramer, in response to a letter from the two local Tory MPs, says the government is talking to the Law Commission, which is advocating a standard set of values for licensing cab drivers. The aim is to prevent drivers with criminal convictions exploiting more lenient licensing guidelines of some local authorities. But David Cameron says the system doesn't need to change. We do have a national system in that we advise all local authorities that they have to check for fitness and properness and we advise the best way to do that is a criminal records bureau check but in the end the, you know the taxi licensing authority is Milton Keynes it's not the government and it's right that these things are locally licensed but under the guidance of national rules here they followed the rules they just made a bad decision well, that's uh, David Cameron speaking. Peter Kirkham is the executive chairperson of the MK Taxi Association. Peter, the whole issue of licensing taxi drivers was being looked into by the Law Commission already. Do you anticipate any sag- significant changes following what's happened in Milton Keynes? Well, we hope so. And first of all, I would like to say that, you know, Mark Lancaster and Ian Stewart have, have supported the taxi trade in Milton Keynes for many, many years. They seem to have been around for, for, for a long time. But regarding this um, um, legislation that's trying to get through at the moment, uh, Milton Keynes um, Taxi Association has been involved with the Law Commission now for three years. It was supposed to have been an 18-month review, and it's now, because of the complex of the situation, it's now gone to three three years and it, it is ready to be produced or to be represented or to be uh, disclosed in 
um, Parliament very shortly. But unfortunately, David Cameron is not going to look at it until the new uh, government is formed in uh, um, 2015. So here we are, all of us in, in the association world, sort of waiting for this legislation to come in. And my God, does it need to be a change? You know, the taxi trade nationally is in a mess. And, and, and so what do we do in the meantime? This, and I think Mark and Ian are trying to bring this forward. There's the talk of this, they do. this talk, isn't it? The, the, the deregulation bill that the, the, the government is, uh, is, is introducing, that could create more risks, couldn't it? Because it yeah, could mean that a sex offender could. from outside of the area could drive a cab in Milton Keynes and they wouldn't need to be checked. No, absolutely. And, and this has just got to be stopped. Um, if, it, if it ever gets through, then we are all in trouble. You, not, not only the drivers, uh, but the general public, the taxi users themselves. What what is it important? Th- uh, is it the important thing to establish changes to the licensing of taxi drivers locally in Milton Keynes? Well, the thing is that we're we're working under conditions that were brought in in, in 1976, um, and um, at the end of the day, t- the, the trade has moved on like everything else has, and, and we need we need new legislation, new rules, new conditions to suit the current trend. Uh, Peter, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, it's an ongoing story. No doubt we'll speak to Peter Kirkham again at some point. He's the executive chairperson of the Milton Keynes Taxi Association. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's the telephone number. 08459455555 if you want to give us a call. Uh, we've been asking uh, this morning, how do you want your MP to vote today? I've got a couple of texts on that. Go on then. Uh, Math says simple, just nuke it. Uh, oh, wait. No one will want to go there for generations. No point spending the money if we ain't going to use it. Hang on a second. Is that a genuine... Math, is that a genuine text? Or are you being a, a plum for... You know, you're being an idiot just for being an idiot? What's the nuke what are we it? we nuking? Three countries. Yeah, well, who, who, how, we, how can we nuke an idea? And also, yeah, you're right, it's in three countries, and, um, oh, I don't know, what about the kids and the women that live there? See, the other danger of this is, we go in, it's, as we said, there's no such thing as a clean bomb, Yeah. right? And they are keeping women prisoner, for a start, we know that for sure. Yeah. So, innocent people are going to be killed. That's a recruitment campaign for yeah. these people as well. I mean, we've just got to be so careful, it's such a careful... Matthew, you can't, seriously, that's got to be a joke, that's, that's a joke, isn't I it? We, so. we nuke them. I no, I'm so. not buying that. He's, he's having a laugh. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's having a laugh there. Tony says we need to take action against ISIL. To do nothing is saying we don't care about how many non-Muslims you kill. Or Muslims. Uh, we don't convert their, if we don't convert to their way of thinking, then we are their enemy. Just like Adolf Hitler, you had to be a certain type of German. You couldn't be a Jew, Romanier against the Nazi par- party. By the way, isn't ISIL toilet paper? Would it, I, I don't get this thing about the non-Muslims. Oh, because they, their aim is for us all to convert. It's, it's convert or die, isn't it? One of the things. OK, but they're killing Muslims. They're killing other Muslims as well. Uh, Bruno says, I would like my MP to vote no. There's nothing the war can do that the peace can't do better. USA equals bad friend. Here's another one, Phil. Yes to strategic targeted bombing in Islamic State, but as part of a UN resolution or mandate. There isn't an Islamic State. That's what they're trying to set up by taking the the idea across countries. Exactly. It's so confusing. It's not like we are at war with Germany. 
You it's know, we're, we're a world with Germany. Okay, we know what, what Germany is. We know what the Nazis are. We know what they look like. We know they, hey, they even wear uniforms to tell us they're Nazis. That's, that's very kind of them. Thank you. These guys, I don't know. No idea. I have friends who served in Afghanistan. The trouble they had there was the Geneva Convention. Yeah. They're not shooting at uniformed soldiers. Yeah. They are shooting at farmers who, the moment they drop their guns, become civilians. Yeah, yeah, Some of them yeah. were taking taxis afterwards. Gosh. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. How would you like your MP to vote today? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off for this morning on the M1, we've had a call in from Alison that there's a car facing the wrong way just at junction 10 um, for the entry slip road of the M1. That's heading southbound, so do approach that with care. Taking a look so far in Northwood, there's been an accident on the A404 Rickmansworth Road, just at Highfield Road. And on the M25, heading anti-clockwise, very slow between junction 17 at Maple Cross and junction 16, the M40. No problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Nicola. So, two questions this morning. Would you like to live to 100? And how would you like your MP to vote today? Yay or nay to war? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, criticism of mental health services after the death of Bedfordshire man, MPs to vote on airstrikes and prospective parents still don't know where Luton School will be. BBC Three Counties Radio. The widow of a Bedfordshire man who died after jumping from a multi-storey car park in Luton believes her husband's death could have been prevented. Yesterday's inquest was told of serious failings by the body who discharged Graham Price from hospital due to a lack of beds. South Essex Partnership Trust which runs mental health services in Bedfordshire, says it was a tragic event. Marjorie Wallace is from the mental health charity SANE. He clearly wasn't able to manage, and the fact that there wasn't bed available to allow him to go out at high risk of suicide was almost cruel. And Graham Price's widow Linda will be speaking with Ian after this bulletin. MPs will decide later today whether Britain should join US-led airstrikes on Islamic State militants in Iraq. Meanwhile, the director of the FBI has said the agency has identified the IS militant known as Jihadi John, who appears in propaganda videos of the killing of two American journalists and a British aid worker. The British security services are refusing to comment. Springhill Prison in Buckinghamshire doesn't have enough staff to cope with new day release rules, according to a report out today. It follows the murder of a Hertfordshire pensioner by a prisoner who'd been let out for the day. More from Lee Agnew. While on day release last July, Ian McLaughlin murdered 66-year-old Graham Buck in the village of Little Gaddiston. The case prompted a review of the rules of day release, which are now more robust. But inspectors say although the open prison is clearly well-led, it doesn't have the staff to sustain the new changes. The National Offender Management Service says public safety is their main concern and it'll do something about it. Former BBC presenter Dave Lee Travis will be sentenced today for indecently assaulting a woman in 1995 
25. The former Radio 1 DJ from Buckinghamshire was cleared of two other charges. He will appear at Southwark Crown Court for sentencing. Detectives investigating the disappearance of 14-year-old Alice Gross have cordoned off part of a park in West London, close to the canal towpath where she was last seen. Scotland Yard say they'll search the area today to decide whether it's relevant to their inquiry. Operators of a new girls' academy school in Luton have held their first open evening for prospective parents, but haven't yet revealed the location of the school. The academy, which was given the go-ahead by the government earlier this year, will open to over 100 pupils next September, with plans to cater for over 800 by 2021. Parents were told it would be within one or two miles of the town centre. I don't think you can decide where to send your child to unless you know where it is. If you live one side of Luton and you've got to get to the other side, there's a huge transportation problem. I want something different for my daughter, for us, for our community. The location is quite crucial because I'm, to be honest with you, I don't want to go too far out. I'm looking to buy a house at the moment and the problem is that I don't know where to buy a house because I don't know where the school area is. In sport, golf's Ryder Cup is underway at Glen Eagles with Europe favourites to retain the trophy against the USA. The weather cloudy this morning but brightening up this afternoon. A maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's brilliant, the community's there. It's a little bit of London in the countryside. Exploring where you live. Down there in Smith's, I believe that the first draft of Magna Carta was drawn up in there. All this week, we're exploring St Albans. Push the boat out, over-mortgage yourself and come and live here. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Can you believe it? It's Friday. Not just that, it's Friday the 26th of September. We're three months away from Christmas. Blimey. Lots to talk about this uh, this morning. We'll have more on the uh, well, the sad story of Graham Price uh, in a second. We're also asking, as your MPs go to vote today on war, the answer's going to be yes, but how do you want your MP to vote? You can text 81333, start your text 3CR, but the best way to get in touch, of course, is to give us a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. An inquest into the death of a Bedfordshire father who fell from a multi-storey car park in Luton has been told of serious failings in his care. The coroner heard that Graham Price, who was suffering from depression with psychosis, was discharged from hospital because of a lack of beds and wasn't given a care plan. The organisation responsible for mental health services in Bedfordshire and Luton say, I hate this phrase, lessons have been learnt. Well, joining me now is Graham's uh, widow, Linda Price. Morning, Linda. Thank you for coming in. What was Graham like? I mean, Graham was an amazing man. I mean, he was very, very intelligent, um, professional, a good family man. I mean, he was just an average guy. He liked sport. Um, he loved his family. He liked to travel. Um, he was just an everyday mm. person. He was well qualified. He, had, I, he, he worked hard. Very, very much so. I mean, he had a sort of higher executive job. Um, you know, he worked for an airline. Before that, he worked for one of the big four accountancy firms, you know, and he had a very successful career. You know, he's worked overseas. Um, you know, he worked in Australia for two years. Um, I mean, he, he had a very good salary for his age. Mm. He, yeah, he was, he was an achiever. Mm. 
He was 33, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, he was right? only 33 when he died. Yeah. And, you know, he, he'd never had a problem with mental health issues in the past. I was going to ask, this is what I was going to ask about. When did you, was it a sudden kind of crossing over into having mental health issues? Was it gradual? When did you realise that something wasn't quite right with him? Well, for a few weeks he had been um, stressed about work. But I mean, this was not uncommon for Graham because he worked in a very sort of high-paced industry. Um, he worked very hard. He worked long hours. I mean, that was just part of the job. Um, and, you know, he delivered his work and there wasn't really a huge problem but what happened was um he left work on a tuesday saying that he couldn't go back i mean none of his work understood there was a problem at the time um he came home he went to the doctors and got signed off but by the thursday he'd gone into a psychotic state so, so it was on, very, very, very fast. On the Tuesday, why was he saying he? Why did he want to get signed off? What was he? Was he complaining of feeling ill, or he just came home and he looked very? I mean, I could tell there was a problem. He just looked different. He just looked different. He looked very sad, very quiet. Um, he hadn't been sleeping properly for a few days, so I knew he wasn't well. Um, so we sent him to the doctors, and the doctor just thought it was initially a sleep problem and gave him some sleeping tablets. But then we went back the next day, and he was diagnosed with depression and given some mild antidepressants. Mm-hmm. But then the next day, he started talking really strangely. You're saying he went psychotic. What, what, what does that mean? How did that so work? Psychotic means that basically he started imagining things and he was very suspicious, anxious. Um, he thought um, people were following him, were watching him, that there was cameras in the house. Um, you know, he became irrational and fixated on things that just weren't true. And, you know, I'll be honest, it, by the Friday... Um, we went out with my daughter and I thought he was going to jump out of the car on the motorway. Mm. He he just kept talking like in the past tense. You know, he didn't have insight, couldn't talk about the future. Um, we knew there was a problem, um, but we had a GP appointment on the Monday. So mm. we thought, well, we couldn't really understand that there was a serious issue at this point. And yeah. so we thought, well, let's try and wait till the Monday, go back to the doctors. But... We we did, we knew we couldn't wait, and so we took him to the accident emergency. It must have. I mean, did you think he was he was putting it on or playing it up, or, or, or it must have been really worrying for you to see him like this? Well, yeah, I mean, it was very strange. I mean, it was completely out of character for Gray. I mean, he was such a sort of confident, assertive individual. I mean, he was the man of the house. Um, for him to sort of start behaving in this strange, scared manner, we just. I mean, it was just so out of character. We knew we knew there was a, a problem, and so we did. We took him for help really straight away. So you went to Bedford Hospital. Yeah, we A&E. went. To, what, what happened there? Um, well, initially, his, his father and his sister took him, and they took him to the accident emergency, and he was assessed by a psychiatric nurse. And at that point, he he was very he was like shouting, and he talked about suicide so at that point they decided to admit him to the mental health assessment unit um when he was in the mental health assessment unit he then tried to jump out the window twice so he was trying to actively hurt himself Mm. so at that point they said 
you know, for his own safety, they were going to keep him in. Um, but Graham obviously agreed to the admission, so he was he was then given a bed on the assessment unit. Can I, can I ask how old was your how old was your little girl at the time? At the time, she was um, sixteen months old. Oh, okay. So, so probably unaware. Yeah, she that, wasn't that, aware. That Daddy wasn't very no. well. Okay, that's something. So he he decided to go. To, you, you all decided that he should perhaps stay in the hospital. What happened then? So basically, the mental health assessment unit is a unit that you're supposed to be held on for 72 hours. Um, from this point, there's an assessment made of whether you're released back into the community or whether you're given a bed on mm. the ward. Um, because Graham at this point was so psychotic, so he, he couldn't speak, he was very guarded, he didn't trust anybody, he was very paranoid thinking people were coming for him, they were going to hurt him and his family. It was obvious he was ill. He was very ill yeah. at this point. Um, they decided to, that he needed inpatient care. Um, so, and, and, and that was a big relief actually for the whole family because we thought we were going to get some help. Mm. Um, so it was just a case of waiting for a bed. Um, unfortunately there wasn't a bed available. So what they did and said was they kept him on this short term assessment unit. And unfortunately that's where he stayed for all his hospital stay. So he was on that unit for over three weeks. Okay. Uh, and you say, unfortunately, was th- this place wasn't particularly equipped for dealing with someone in his condition? Not really. I mean, it was just it was just an observation unit. Right. So I think the staff on there, I mean, we encountered lots of staff um, who were bank staff, agency staff. Um, you know, nobody really sort of understood what the problems were with Graham. Mm. Um, you know, when we came in to visit him, we'd, we'd ask how he was and, you know, we'd get sort of very... Um, non-committal answers really and or people would have to refer to some kind of chart nobody really understood how graham was that day or they'd say things like oh he's he's better today he's 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 made a cup of tea well you know this is a highly functioning man i mean making Mm. (laughs) making a cup of tea is is not a great achievement he's there for three weeks uh and then discharged yeah, I mean, during that time, he did try another attempt on his life. Right. Um, and he was starting, he started on some treatments and medication. And he was also seen by um, a psychologist, but the psychologist said he couldn't treat Graham because he was too psychotic. Um, that should have set alarm bells off, well, you'd, shouldn't it? Well, you'd think so, but um, apparently not. Sent home, no, no care plan or, or a very flimsy care plan? Well, as far as I'm aware, there was there's no care plan Nothing. in place. The one care plan that was written was a care plan, um, I think, around his sleeping and his appetite, not about Graham's needs and how to keep him safe and what the risk factors were and what the treatment was going to be and, you know, his projected recovery, you know, all these kind of issues. So, and when he was released, it was, I mean, it was basically a phone call um, initially to his parents um, and then they rang me and we were just called into this emergency meeting. And, I mean, they just made it sound like, you know, he was getting better. And Was, it, was he better when you got him home? Was there a difference? Was there a change? Well, no. Graham, I mean, Graham was never getting better. Mm. I mean, the, the Graham could, couldn't talk about the future. All he could talk about was the conspiracy against him um he i mean he just looked scared all the time he couldn't go out into the community um he yeah it was also 
I mean, he was unbelievable. I mean, he was scared of silly things like um, my sister had a pair of slippers on and um, he was petrified of the slippers. How were you feeling then when you got him home and realised there's, there's no progress? He's, he's, he's just as bad, if not worse. That must have been awful for you. Well, to be honest, I, I hardly had time to think about it. I mean, it, it just happened so quick. I mean, I had a young daughter to look after. I mean, they, I mean, they didn't even discuss the diagnosis with me on his release. I didn't know about um, what was wrong with Graham until he actually came home and we, we sought a second opinion. Um, I mean, the risk of suicide was never discussed with me. Um, how to speak to him was never discussed with me. Um, it was all very, very blasé and, mm. oh, we'll be back at work in a, in a few weeks. Gosh. But... I mean, that was not the case. I mean, apparently Graham was suffering from one of the severest mental illnesses that, that somebody can suffer from. And whilst there is hope of somebody recovering from that illness, um, you know, you need to keep that person safe until, you know, the drugs start to work. Mm. And unfortunately, that wasn't done. Uh, you're listening to BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm speaking to Linda Price, who is um, the, the wife of Graham Price, who uh, was, uh, didn't get the medical treatment that he required. Are you all right to carry on? This must be quite uncomfortable, and I'm sorry. Are you OK? How long from being discharged from the hospital to the day that he did commit suicide? But what was the timeline there? Um, I think it was two weeks and three days. Hmm. Um, so it was quick. Um, and, you know, in some respects, we... I mean, we, we wanted just the best for Graham. I mean, these, these professionals advised us that Graham being at home was the best thing. And we were... He was released from hospital with um, a, the promise of all this wonderful support from the mental health crisis team. And we were going to have three visits a day. So we just presume that, you know, if there's a problem or if they felt that Graham wasn't recovering or wasn't well, um, they would just take him back to hospital. Mm. Um, these three visits a day actually only lasted for 24 hours. And then the next day we went to two visits a day. Right. And then the next day we went to one visit a day. By the end of the first week, we were on a visit every other day. And what was their reasoning for that? Cause, cause, cause there was no reason. It was obvious he was poorly, as you've said, and, and, and they didn't worry about that? They didn't say, we need to do something here? Unfortunately, because there wasn't a risk assessment or a care plan in place, it meant that... You know, I'm not saying these people weren't good, but unfortunately, these people that came round to visit him, I mean, some of them didn't even know what was wrong with Graham. Mm. They didn't read his file. They didn't know who he was as a person. They didn't know what the risks were. They had nothing to follow. They had... They had no idea of how to judge him. Mm. I mean, when he went to a visit on every other day, it meant he went on to what's called an amber status. When you're on an amber status, that means basically what you have is a um, just a sort of community worker, a clinical support worker coming to visit you. Well, I mean, these people were bank staff. They were, they're not qualified, mm. so they're not mental health professionals or nurses. They, they wouldn't have been able to deal with Graham's, you know mental illness issues. I feel really uncomfortable asking you this next question, but I'm going to ask you. The, the, the day that uh, he did kill himself, what, what happened? How did that pan out? Well, again, I mean, they, they started to advise me to leave Graham on his own. I mean, we'd never left him on his own. Um, and actually that day was the first day I'd ever left him on his own for a period. Um, I just 
because it was a very hot day and you know I've, I had a daughter I had to try I couldn't keep her in the house all the time um, they also advised me to start taking him into public areas to get mm. used to it so that um, he realised that nothing was going to happen when he was outside hmm. um, so that day it was really really hot day in July and um, you know I'd ordered a fan from Argos uh, in Luton and um, I got back um, and Graham, you know, he was, he was anxious, he was tense, but I didn't want to, I didn't realise he'd been on his own for four hours and it was a long period. And I said to him, well, why don't you just come for the drive? Um, you, know, you don't have to get out of the car um, and we'll just go and pick this fan up and come straight back. And so off we went. And to be honest, it was fine. And we got to um, the, the shopping centre car park, the mall, nearly Arndale and uh, he even got out of the car mm. and he walked with me to Argos and you know I was so proud of him mm. because actually he was it felt to me as so though he was functioning and I felt like he was getting better um, so we collected this van and then we went back to the car and you know we paid on our token and you know and he started crying and you know we were like oh let's get back to the car and put her in and um, we drove, started to drive out the car park and uh, we were coming down like the spiral and we were, we were nearly out, we were nearly out of the car park. I said to him, can you get the token out of my bag, please, to put in the, the barrier? And he, he just jumped out, just jumped out of the car and started screaming. Said, um, they're tormenting me, Linda, and just ran to the side. It was, I mean, it was just too quick for me to do anything. I couldn't, um, I couldn't really compute it. I mean, luckily, because I, w- I was near the barrier, I was near a disabled space and I swung my car in. Mm. But by this time he was having a major psychotic episode and he was, you know, he'd got onto the ledge and, and he was shouting down at everyone and telling everybody how sorry he was for things he'd done. Threatening, threatening to, to jump? didn't actually threaten to jump but it was clear that that, right. that was his intention we talked about this very briefly before you came in and this is this is how we became aware of this story that but this went on for some time and people couldn't get access to their cars and things like that and people were um shouting to him to jump yeah <clears throat> yeah that's right and you were telling me that there are also houses yeah, I mean, people were sat in, like, shop doorways and house doorways. And, I mean, there was even people um, on the level above where Graham was, like, looking down on him. Just watching. Just watching. Just watching. I mean, this was a you know, severely mentally ill man who was paranoid and anxious anyway that people were coming to get him. You know, unfortunately, the location that Graham choose, chose to do this was... You know, it was rush hour, it was time to go home. It's very busy, it's where all the buses come through. Mm. Um, you know, and it was, you know, the police, you know, it was, I mean, they were quick in their response, but, you know, at the end of the day, they to get that cordon up took time. Yeah. You know, and even when the cordon was up, you could still see everyone gathering at the edge of the cordon, just, I can't get my just head watching around it. it unfold. I can't get my head around that. Uh, and the, 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 when you heard people shouting jump how, how did that feel? I was angry I was quite angry but you know they wouldn't have known I mean they wouldn't have known who Graham was and 
Yeah. You know, Graham was a loving family man. He, they wouldn't have known that he'd just got an illness. Mm. And to be fair, most of them would have probably been unsympathetic anyway because it, it, it's mental illness and unfortunately that's the stigma that, unfortunately that it, it carries. Um, am I right, this is the first time you've been back to Luton? Yeah, today. This morning is the first time I've been to Luton. We, we appreciate you coming. How, how does that feel? I mean, it was hard and... I mean, the thing is, I go, I work in London and every day mm. I pass that car park on the mm. train. So, whilst I don't want to come to Luton, I, I'm a little bit desensitised to it now. Um, I don't want to go anywhere near that car park. And no. I did ask uh, when I got the call, I said, you know, is it... I mean, I haven't even seen the car park coming in, actually, so... I mean, that felt good. I mean, I'll be honest, I've, yesterday, for me, I got quite a lot of closure because it just... Um, you know, Graham died of an illness at the end of the day. Mm. You know, he he died from suicide. He didn't commit suicide, you know, and and that sort of made it easier for mm. me to come here. Really. Closure yesterday, of course, because that was uh, the, the inquest into Graham's death concluded yesterday uh how did that help you well i always knew that there was major failings in my husband's care but i mean you don't really know because obviously you're too close to it and um i think you know the coroner just did a really great investigation i mean he looked at everything i mean mm. not just uh you know, sept and their procedures and process, but also from the police side as well. You know, could anything have been done to prevent Graham's death? I mean, and the key findings were that, you know, Graham was, you know, released without a risk assessment, um, no care plan in place. You know, whatever treatment they tried to do was flawed. You, know you sound I mean? very calm about that. I, I, I would imagine that you would have been, and maybe you were, would have been angry that... that, that procedures that should have been put into place weren't put into place well I am angry and uh, but I can't I can't change the past you know this has happened um, you know I've lost my husband and my daughter has lost her father I mm. mean we but you know what I can do is hopefully it sounds silly but change the future and Graham's death will change the future. I mean, that, the coroner said himself, you know, it was a groundbreaking day for mental health in Bedfordshire. And, you know, Gosh. he would expect, and I think SEPT would be very silly not to, a risk assessment and a care plan to be on everybody's file. Mm. And, you know, they've now implemented or are due to implement seven recommendations within SEPT as a result of Graham's death. I mean, that, that's basically admitting to a lot of failure. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that might save somebody else. Mm. You know, we can't bring Graham back, but hopefully, you know, we might be able to save save some lives. Uh, how's your little girl? Is she, she well? She's amazing. Yeah? Yeah. How old is she now? She's two and a half now. I have a two and a half year old little boy. They are just such hard work at that age <laughs> aren't they yeah but fun wonderful fun but hard work but she's she's well and healthy and she's happy and yeah i mean she's got i mean it's a shame i mean she'll never know her daddy yeah. um i mean we have pictures around the house and she she looks at them and she'll say daddy 
And she knows Daddy's an angel, that's what we say. I mean, she knows Daddy crashed on the floor. Mm. Um, so she sort of knows what happened. She knows Daddy was very ill. And I think, you know, you have to start off at a basic level. Yeah, and then, you know, she will know the truth one day. But I think the truth is that, you know, Daddy got ill and Daddy died. Uh, and it is as simple as that. He got ill. Yeah, he and got there's, Ill. And there's no shame to it. There's no, there's, you know, he got ill. Absolutely none. Linda, it's 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 such a sad story. I'm so grateful you came in today to share Thank it with you. us, and uh, you know, hopefully there, there, you know, there might be some people listening who who get some comfort from this, or it, you know, something clicks that maybe there's an issue in their homes as well that um, they need to look at. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank Thanks you, for Linda. having me. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Gosh. I mean, what what, what can you say off the back of that gosh? Uh, If you think that you or uh, a loved one is possibly struggling with any form of mental illness, and you, you, you know, you heard how quickly... It can come on the SANE helpline. We spoke to SANE earlier on. Their, their telephone number is 0845 767 8000. That's 0845 767 8000. I, I feel anything I say after that interview with Linda would be, uh, would be trivial and would be absolutely pointless. So there's not really a lot for me to say, is there? If you want to give us a call, uh, you can do 08459 455 555. We missed the travel earlier, so let's, let's get in there a little bit early now. now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the moment, it's queuing on the Great North Road, heading southbound, just at the Black Hats roundabouts. Taking a look at the A40 London Road, at the moment, it's partially blocked, um, heading westbound between the A355 and Lakes Lane. That's following an accident that's just happened there. Very slow moving on the Barnet Bypass, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, a little bit slow at the moment, between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16 at the M40. Taking a look so far at the trains, everything's running rather well. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, you're so kind. You, twice I've, I've uh, ditched your travel news, so um, um, I, I guess worries. I have to buy you a lunch or something, do I? Oh, yeah, that'd be lovely. Thank oh, you. I actually do. <laughs> All right, never mind. Thank you, Nicola. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Your thoughts on what you've just heard. Also, do you want your MPs to vote yes or no today? 08459 555555. It's coming up to 8.30. Let's get the news now. Here's Simon. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headlines, the widow of a Bedfordshire man who died after jumping from a multi-storey car park in Luton believes her husband's death could have been prevented after serious failings were revealed at an inquest. MPs will decide later today whether Britain should join US-led airstrikes on Islamic State militants in Iraq. And operators of a new girls' academy school in Luton have held their first open evening for prospective parents but haven't yet revealed the location of the school. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Golf's Ryder Cup is underway at Glen Eagles with Europe favourites to retain the trophy against the USA. Woburn's Ian Poulter is again a key figure for the home side. You're holding lots of winning tournament putts throughout a three-day spell. Um, and sometimes that, that all adds up to more wins than what you would ever win in your professional lifetime. So um, that's, why, that's why players enjoy the Ryder Cup so much and that's why it's mentally and physically draining by the end of the week. In tomorrow's football, Watford travel to Blackburn in the Championship with head coach Oscar Garcia still likely to be missing after illness. Defender Gabriel Tamas is facing a five-month layoff with a knee injury so Craig Cathcart could start. Milton Keynes-Dons resume League One action with a trip to Bristol City. Fullback George Bulldog set to return for the first versus second clash. In League Two, Luton have Jonathan Smith, Paul Benson and new signing Nathan Doyle in contention for the home match with Oxford. John Still's side have picked up after a slow start. We're not there. Seriously, we're not there yet. Um, possibly a little bit because we, we've got so many people missing, and which isn't an excuse. You got, we've got what we've got, and we've done all right with what we've got. But I think we will improve as we get players back. Stevenage manager Graham Westley, meanwhile, has midfielder Andy Bond back after suspension for the home game with Mansfield. Yeah, Bondy's an experienced midfielder. We've we've been light in that area with with Simon and him both being out and Dino being unavailable. It's it's left us very light in there. Ronnie played in there last weekend, did a very good job. But we all know how important Ronnie is as a right fullback, um, getting the team playing um, and really developing our game from fullback. So uh, you know we want to we want to get him playing in his best position rather than doing a job. Um, albeit he did a very good job. And also in League Two, Wickham host Cambridge. And in rugby, Bedford have signed Tongan international Viliami Hakalu. He can play in the centre or at full-back and he's the cousin of England duo Billy Vunipola and Mako Vunipola. The Blues, meanwhile, are at Plymouth tomorrow. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC ah. Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon Smith. Are you recovering from BBC Introducing Day yesterday? Wasn't it exciting? Yep, you loved it? I loved it. Yep. What did you do to celebrate? I played two introducing songs on my show yesterday and did a little dance. You did literally the bare minimum you could get away with, didn't you? Absolutely. Good for you. I, uh, I, I, I revealed yesterday on air, yeah. at the end of my programme, quite often I will do, when I'm playing music, I'll do a little dance yeah. for my team yeah. um, in a funny way well, to make them laugh. Yes. And uh, yesterday I was dancing at the window of the studio for probably two and a half, three minutes. They weren't looking. <laughs> In the end, I went and sat down. What, what you, you don't realise as well is that quite often when you sing to the songs, you either yeah. do um, harmonies or yes. you whistle. Yes. It leaks upstairs to I the know. system upstairs. So we can all, we quite often just turn the radio off and listen to you on the little speaker oh. singing along. We're all like, well, gather well, up. Somebody's g- doing it again. I've Come got on. a beautiful voice. So, you huh? know, I've got a beautiful singing voice. Well, you so, should use it one day. Um, so, you know, I'm more than happy if you're listening yeah. upstairs it seems a shame that only i would hear it isn't, isn't it a waste <laughs> isn't, it a, isn't waste? it a waste absolutely what's on your show today well coming up on the big phone in today it's of course the big story of the day it's yep. the uh, the mps voting oh, in yes, parliament yes. today on action in iraq i'll be asking from nine today do you want your mp to vote for airstrikes against is yep. mps are returning to westminster this morning to vote on britain joining the airstrikes against islamic is- extremists in iraq the debate's due to end this afternoon six hours it's going to take it's a long it's a long old uh, slog and it means that raf tornado jets could be bombing islamic state positions by this evening 
Ukraine. The government, which has the support of the opposition, has ruled out the use of ground troops. But from nine this morning, I want your view. Come on and tell your MP they'll be on their way this morning when we're on air at nine. They'll be on their way to the House of Commons for this vote. How do you want them to vote? Do you want them to vote for airstrikes against IS? 08459 455555 from nine. We have been asking, how do you want your MP to vote? And it's it's um, it really is quite extreme. Lots of people saying, no, vote, tell them to vote no, nothing to do with us. And then we've had a few people saying, yes, we should go and nuke them. No, I'm, well, I'm hoping the nuclear text was a joke. I'm hoping that was a joke, but... Well, I understand the essence of it, though. Because, I mean, whatever, whatever just kills them... That's ideal. Yeah, but you can't just go and nuke them. No, you can't. That's and also, they are, they are mingling with civilians. Exactly. So, so you, there will be civilian ca- casualties. But you know what? This is what a lot of people are saying as well. This yeah. whole idea of, of dropping bombs on them from yeah. the sky, it's not precise enough. No, it won't you, work. And, until you have troops actually on the ground yeah. rooting them out and dealing with them in that way, yeah. then you're not actually going to, to combat them at all. So is it just a bit of a you know an empty idea, this idea of bombing them? Within, within 18 months, we will have sent troops on the ground. You reckon? I reckon so, yeah. It will be the natural progression. But also, also, this thing is in the, 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 the ISIS, or ISIL, whatever we call them these days, uh, it's in kind of three countries at least. Mm. You know, it's in Syria, it's in Iraq, they're, they're probably in Iran, they're, they're all over the shop. So um, it's going to be a mess. But, but do you know what? Oh. And we were talking about this yesterday on my show. There, there are some times in life where you've got to just do the right thing, haven't you? Yeah, but what is the right because, thing? Because, well... We can't just allow them to carry on doing what they're doing. Yeah. We, we can't. We've got, to, we've got to try and fight back because just to let them carry on doing what they're doing is yeah. outrageous. So we've got to kind of do the right thing, even though there'll be repercussions, even though there'll be side effects, even though it won't just be straightforward. You can't just stand by and let people do things. You, you've sometimes got to fight the fight. I keep flipping and flopping. And do you know what we're at my, I, I keep ending up in a second? Uh, keep ending up at the moment is we should uh, se- step down from the world superpower table. Really? Yeah, I really think that our, our time has come to go, do you know what, actually, we're really tiny. It's been fun, guys. But we're going to step back down. But then how weak do we look? Doesn't matter. How weak does Sweden it, look? How, how, how weak does Norway look? How weak does Finland look? Well, we don't, we don't want to be... But, but how can we stand and hold our head up high if we ultimately are, are, are conceding to the fact that we're a weak country? Well, we are a weak country. We, 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 no, we, the the military's been decimated. We haven't got any of the, the, no, the warships. We've got enough. Well. We've got enough to be able to do something. Oh, I've just realised we're on the radio, so I do apologise. <laughs> Give us your question again. From Nine, do you want your MP to vote for airstrikes against IS? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I forgot that we were on the radio was having a proper chinwag. Meanwhile, we're getting loads of love on the text messages for, for Linda. We spoke to, for those who've just tuned in, uh, we spoke to Linda, uh, Linda Price, who is the widow, uh, widower of, uh, widow of Graham Price. Who uh, the, the thing that struck me about that, so many things struck me about it, the, the, the big one that struck me was the speed with which he went from being completely normal, seemingly normal, 
to being tired and a bit anxious, and then two days later, being psychotic. It's just incredible. Uh, it can go that quickly. If you missed it, uh, I mean, oh, I had tears in my eyes. It yeah. was, uh, what an amazing woman. She was. She shouldn't have to be. No, no, she shouldn't have to be. But she was let down some... She was let down terribly by the whole medical pr- profession. But she's channelling, her, she's channelling her rage, really, what's going on here. She's trying to channel it towards... We've got some texts. Linda's such an inspiration. She's strong. I'm humbled. Um, we've got a message here from someone who doesn't want their name read out. It says... My daughter's currently suffering from mental illness, not in this area, but her care where she is has been really good and several agencies have been involved in her care. At present, she's still an inpatient, but she will not be discharged until all agencies involved in her care are happy. When she lived here in Luton, she was failed by the mental health team and never got any proper care. Um, we've also got a message here uh, from Jane who says I lost my babies to negligence the anger will subside time will help you deal with it but time won't heal the wounds it will help respect and admiration for Linda do you know what I, um, um, I, 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 I didn't enjoy that interview I tell you why because normally I quite enjoy asking people awkward questions they don't want to answer but having to ask a, a, a widow about the day her husband jumped off of a car park oh I felt I mean, and, and what, what, how, how, how much dignity did she have? But that feeling is what holds us back from talking about You're something right. that could affect any one of us at any time. You're absolutely right. Um, I've got the SANE hotline, if anyone listening has been affected by this. Um, it's 0845 767 8000. SANE's the charity that was backing Linda. We'll and give that to get out. things changed. We'll give that out before the end of the show as well. Helen's in Harlington. Morning, Helen. Hello. What would you like to say? I want to say that Lady has done a huge thing by coming on the radio and talking about it. Well done to her. Um, I do Samaritans, and the mental health needs... it needs The government needs to look at the funds, the support, because from there, Monday to Friday, there are a very... There is a amount of support. As soon as Friday afternoon comes, it stops. Us Samaritans... A weekend are inundated with calls. Oh, really? So you you notice the difference? Yeah, we and bank holidays. If you get bank holiday, you get Christmas, you get the New Year. Um, there is a regular pattern, um, and this lady has done tremendously the courage to come on. Um, and I am absolutely in awe of her for what she's done because she will have met. And her husband will have highlighted this, and hopefully somebody somewhere will listen. Um, because well, this, this, we this, need this support. It's not just Monday to Friday. Uh, there's this horrible phrase. I hate this phrase. Lessons have been learned. I think that's such a lame phrase. Why, why does it take the death of someone for someone to learn a lesson? But... You know, d- 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 people have realised that they, they muffed up, you know, spectacularly, that there were massive shortcomings and failings in the system and that changes need to be made. I hope they do make. Yeah. Um, I really do hope that somebody stands up and listens because there is so much of this and it's horrible to have somebody on the end of the phone who is in a really bad position, can't make head nor tail of what's going on, um, and 
they have the courage to talk to us, but we can't medically, we can't do anything, but we're listening. Well, that's the point of Samaritans, isn't it? Not medically trained, but you, you, no. you and you're not, I don't think you're allowed to even give advice, are you? It's we just, it's just to listen, allowed. yeah. No, but we talk. And sometimes that's what you need to get you through the night. To get you to the next day, to the doctors. I just want to promote that lady because the courage, the calmness um, and what she's gone through, it's amazing that she's been able to come in and talk about it and it will have helped her move a little way forward. Helen, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Matt's in Luton. Morning, Matt. Good morning. Matt, you heard heard Linda. What did you think? Well, Ian, it's really... Uh, I can't, but I can't explain how I feel. Actually, I feel so. She must be some woman, and it must have been very hard for him. I can imagine what he went through. I can't imagine what he went through. And you, you do it yourself because you've got your mum, and you worry about her, and you know it's going to happen. But she didn't know it was going to happen. Mm. And the, the only thing I. I I do meet a lot of people, and I try and uh, spread a bit of happiness around. Oh, do you? You should should do that on the show one day. Eh? You should phone up and spread some happiness on the show one day. Yes, yes, yes. But, Ian, you've done a great interview. I'm so proud of you. I I mean, I do have a go at you from time to time. But you keep me going. And I, I phoned my daughter this morning, and we're going, she's coming up now at 12 o'clock. We're going to listen to you on Three Candies on the internet. The, the interview, I want her to hear it. And because uh, she does suffer with a bit of time, from time with her nerves, she gets a bit stressed out. And uh, I said, all you got to be is there for each other. People are not there for each other enough. What have you got planned for the rest of the day, Matt? As, as well as listening to that, you got anything nice planned? Well, I'm 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 doing bits of my garden. I've got to finish that off, and uh, Helen's coming up at uh, uh, at twelve o'clock. She finishes work at twelve. She's coming up, and we'll probably have a bit of lunch or something like that. Beautiful. But we'll have a good chat. Yeah, she needs a good chat. Make sure you do. Yes, you're and, a good uh, lad, Matt. I and really I always... appreciate what you've done. I appreciate your calls every day, Matt. You're a good lad. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. Cheers. Ta-ta. Bye. Oh dear. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number. Uh, lots of tweets as well about this. Lorraine says people don't understand mel- people don't understand mental health issues until the impact on their own family. Uh, it was um, well, yeah. It was quite a, an eye-opening interview with Linda. If you do want to listen to it again, it'll be on the uh, the BBC iPlayer. Um, it gets up there pretty sharpish after the show. Uh, On the subject of uh, war, how do you want your MPs to vote today? Uh, Ken in Redbourne has emailed in. After a few years in the job, Prime Ministers realise they are failing on almost all their domestic policies. They get bored and disillusioned. War then becomes an area where they can still feel powerful, world leaders taking big decisions with other leaders, flying off for meetings, and they get to watch those black-and-white film clips of missiles hitting things. Funny how we can always find money... For missiles, despite the austerity cuts. I really am starting... And I've not thought, got my thoughts around this. We've got 15 minutes. Maybe you'd want to call on this. I, I, I'm starting to come round to the way of thinking that maybe we need to take off our military hats uh, and step down from the big boys' table and say, guys, it's been fun. 
we've enjoyed sitting here for a few hundred years, but actually, you know, this is we, we are a small island, we're skint, we are in massive debt, maybe it's time we left it to the big boys. There's no shame in that. It's not admitting defeat, it's just recognising our... Ble- we're not as big and as powerful as we were... 20, 30, 50, 100 years ago. Is it time that we kind of gave up this sort of stuff? Doesn't seem to do Sweden or Finland or Norway any harm. Your thoughts on that, please? 08459 555 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel with Nicola. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the moment, it's queuing on the Great North Road, just turning southbound, approaching the Black Hats roundabouts, and having a look in Edgware, looking slow on the A1 Watford Way, uh, just between Apex Corner and Mill Hill Circus, that's on camera, and in North Watford, the A41 North Western Avenue, looking quite slow moving at the moment, just around the Dome roundabouts, and the A40 London Road at the moment is partially blocked between the A355 and Lakes Lane, that's following an accident that's happened there. Just checking on the trains, everything is running well, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. It's 8.46, it's Friday the 26th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The widow of a Bedfordshire man who died after jumping from a multi-storey car park in Luton says she hopes her husband's death will prevent future tragedies. MPs will decide later today whether Britain should join US-led airstrikes on Islamic State militants in Iraq. And former BBC Three Counties presenter Dave Lee Travis will be sentenced today for indecently assaulting a woman in 1995. The former Radio 1 DJ from Buckinghamshire will appear at Southwark Crown Court. Your thoughts and phone calls in the last 15 minutes of the show. Before that, let's get the weather. Here's Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, a very different start this morning to the one we had yesterday. Although if you look out the window, you might be tempted into thinking it's quite chilly out there because it's certainly pretty gloomy right across all three counties. But, well, it is much, much milder than yesterday. 16 degrees for all of us at the moment. So you feel very different when you step out the door. As we go through the next few days, we'll be talking a lot about dry weather, but cloudy weather. And certainly it is cloudy this morning, but some brightness potentially to develop as we go through this afternoon. It's not prolonged sunshine, but a bit of blue sky here and there in the best of that. Top temperature of 19 or 20 Celsius, 68 in Fahrenheit. This evening and overnight we'll see mist and low cloud reforming. So by tomorrow morning another pretty dull start but on the milder side, temperatures certainly in double figures. And then as we go through the day cloud perhaps a little bit thick enough uh, for the odd spot of drizzle in the morning but some brighter spells in the afternoon and then we stay dry right the way through until the start of the new working week. Thank you Sarah, have a nice weekend. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... BBC Three Counties Red. I've got some great interviews coming up. He was in the trenches in in France and he was shot. We both look at each other in amazement and can't believe how far we've come with the company. And we love it. We love every day that we do the cakes. Nick Coffer. We're telling people, go out and find about your family story and come back and pay tribute to them in in a way that is a living, breathing legacy. Got a strong local link, hasn't it? A strong local link. Amy Merritt, she's originally from New Zealand, now settled in Buckinghamshire. Nick Coffer. I think it could be brilliant. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, just very quickly, i just kind of thrown that out there, and I wish I'd thought of this earlier. Maybe we'll come back to this next week. 
that it, the, the, obviously the MPs are voting on uh, whether we should go to war or not. And I'm slightly, I'm coming round to the, to thinking that, w- that we should just step away from the big boys' table and go and sit with the other kids, Sweden and Finland and Norway. Uh, and you know we've we've done our job, but we're we're bankrupt, we're tiny, and there are better people to deal with these kind of things. And maybe we should go, guys. It's been fun. We think we've made our mark, but actually we're we're stepping away from this now. At the same time, we're partly responsible, aren't we, for what's going on? And certainly, our citizens yep. are involved in it. Yep, yep, definitely. Both sides of it. Definitely. But it's, it, it just I just feel. It's time to dismantle us as being. Uh, we were never a superpower, but being, you know, trying trying to be in the in the big boys gang. Uh, Scott has uh, tweeted. I'll censor it slightly. I agree with you. It's embarrassing watching us do the Billy Big thing all the time. We're just the mouthy twits of the world. And I kind of and I, you know, I. I I don't know. I've not really got my thoughts around it yet. Maybe we'll come back to this next week. I think there's something in it in just going, taking off our cowboy suit and uh, saying, you know, we've th- th- that's it. We're we're kind of retiring from um, yeah. from what, this. What leave the US to deal with it? Well, the US have got forty other countries on their side. But that suggests the... that our contributions have been worth nothing in the past, doesn't it? Uh, I don't mean it to demean our contribution. No, I know, but I'm, I'm just saying it out loud. No, it, uh, it, it. No, I don't think it does. We, we accept what we've done, the good and the bad, uh, and, you know, we accept responsibility for it. And it's not an instant thing. You can't suddenly walk away from it. You kind of have to dismantle the machinery, I'd imagine. I've not really thought it out, as you can tell. No, I know what you mean. It's an interesting question. It's an idea. 08459 555. Uh, we were speaking to Linda Price. Incredible story. Uh, I, 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 I want to avoid saying, what a brave woman, because it's a cliche, but, you know, sometimes cliches... Are there because they fit. She was telling us a story about her husband, Graham, who um, became mentally ill. Um, it seemed to happen very quickly and uh, wasn't given the treatment that but he should have been given. And uh, he ended up... Um, interesting twist as well. Did you notice that? She's saying he didn't commit suicide, he died of suicide. What, what, a, what a clever twist on that. Um, Sally's on the line. Sally, it's not your real name. What, what would you like to say? Good morning. Morning. Um, yeah, you've chosen a, a difficult week for me. You've touched on two comments um, or programmes that have affected me directly. So uh, thanks for making me cry while well, I go to work. Well, sometimes, <laughs> do you know what? I had tears in my eyes when I was speaking to Sometimes a good cry can be quite healthy. No, I know. She, she is a fantastic woman. Um, my father committed suicide um, due to mental health issues. Um, and my, I didn't find out until I was 12 years old. I thought he had died in a car accident because that's what my mum told me. Gosh. She was so embarrassed about the whole thing. And it was only because I went to look for my birth certificate, I found his death certificate, and then that's when the whole truth came out. And what's, what did it say on the death certificate? Uh, he died from poisoning, so he uh, basically consumed a lot of pills. And sorry, you, you were 12 when you found that? Yeah. That... Uh, he died when I was about four. Yeah. So for a good number of years, um, I believed he had died in a car accident. And how did you feel? Because that's a double whammy. That's A, finding out that your dad um, killed himself, and B, finding out that your mum had lied to you. Yeah, (laughs) big double whammy. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I had to deal with that. And I'm prone to depression. I know that. I recognised it when I was 19. I've just got to deal with it. And... um, you know, if I realise I'm starting to go into a bit of a spiral, I go to my doctors. And when I had my little boy, um, I warned the doctor that, look, you know, postnatal depression, etc., etc. Um, 
you know, just watch out for it. Please watch out for it. And they told me, oh, it won't happen. It won't happen. A year after I had my boy, what happened? Mm. I had postnatal depression. I'm fortunate that I recognize it and I don't think of it as a weakness. I think of it as strength that you know when you're not in a good place and you get help. Um, But I did find um, some people were quite dismissive of it, if you know what I mean. Oh, Um, the uh, pull your socks up brigade. Yeah. Come on, sort yourself out. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm a strong person to go through what I've gone through in my life. I am a very strong person, but sometimes you do need help. Um, And, you know, I admire what Linda's gone through because that must have been horrific for her. Um, So it's good that she's talking about it and bringing it out into the thing, Mm. even if it's making me cry. Work. Well, Sally, I'm, I, I, part of me wants to say sorry for making you cry, and part of me wants to to, to say um, to, to, to say well done to myself for making you no, cry. No, it shows, no, we, no, it shows no, we're no. doing something right or wrong. Oh no, you are doing it right, and you're very sympathetic. And I just, it's good to raise these things because people think sometimes if you've got a mental issue, you're weak. Mm. You're not. Uh, it, you know, sometimes you just can't deal with what life has dealt with you. Mm. Um, and sometimes someone like me who can be quite depressive. Um, you try and get help when you can. So, you know, you're not alone. That's kind of what I wanted to say is people out there who do feel depressive, you're not alone. And don't take the no from the doctors and things like that. Mm. There are different ways that you can get help and try for it at least. Because, you know, the impact that it's had on me of my father killing himself, I hated him for years when I found out. Really? I, I hated him for years. That's interesting. For years. Um, all that relationship that I built up with him in the first four years of my life, I kind of discarded and I hated him. At what point did that did did, did your attitude towards him change to to, to to stop hating him? I think when I discovered that life circumstances and your mental health does impact on what you do with it, um, I kind of I understood how he felt because I was starting to feel like that. And then I realised he probably had a problem and it runs in my family. I found this out years later. But everyone kept it under the carpet. And if I'd known earlier, I would have probably appreciated it a bit more. But because it was all a big secret, um, I kind of thought, oh, okay, well, there's a reason why I feel like this. Mm. Um, I can get help. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that I've broken the cycle. I'm worried for my little boy because I think it might run in him. Well, you know, you know? There, there, are, there, there, there is a very strong argument that it is genetic, you know, that, that, that depression can be genetic. Um, yeah. And it is but, a concern but, but, for our kids, isn't it? Yeah, but, but at least I know to look for it. Yeah. And, and I and can you try can and help. Ar- you can arm him with the tools that he needs. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and it's that, and that's why I think I am strong because I recognise that, even though my whole family wanted to hide it under the carpet, is it's not a problem, it's not a disease, it's it's just an illness that can be fixed with the right tools. Sally, I really appreciate uh, your call this morning. Gosh, it always um, it does always amaze me that people phone up with with such honesty when uh, we do something like this. Well, because it's far more common than we would well, believe from the amount of coverage it gets. Because it's a difficult subject, we just don't talk about it at all. And there is the worrying thing that it, it, it quite it quite often it is genetic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Sally's uh, right to be cautious uh, about her little boy, but she's in a great position because she can spot it, she can possibly warn him and give him a load of tools that will uh, will make it perhaps easier than it was for her and certainly easier than it was yeah. for her dad. Yeah. Pete's in Stockford. Morning, Pete. Uh, good morning, Ian. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. What would you like to say? Um, I... <laughs> 
find it hard to talk this morning after listening to that. But I, I really wanted to commend you as well um, on how well uh, you handled that interview um, and spoke with that lady. Um, uh, for me, um, I've suffered with depression for a few years now. Um, uh, you know, so listening to that and here, you know, I know how hard the questions were for you to ask, but it, it, they they had to be asked, and it highlighted a lot of issues. Obviously, how are you? Uh, how are you doing today, Pete? Uh, yeah, good. Well, good. I have a lot of. De- I mean, my depression spot, uh, basically came out of an accident I had where I uh, paralysed myself in a motorbike accident. So yeah, I can't walk anymore. You know, so. Um, and that really didn't come to, I mean, it's been 10 years, but it really didn't come to light until a couple of years ago, um, how much it probably did affect me. And, you know, admitting that I was, you know, not feeling right and think there was an issue. But, uh, you know, t- first of all, telling my friends and family helped me out so much. My doctor's been fantastic. Um, I have good days, I have bad days. And I will admit to them now and i can that you know suicide has been has you know been a thought in my head many times um but uh i mean i'm lucky i have a little girl out of my you know just before i had my accident my ex was pregnant so she's something that's kept me going so and kept me probably that little bit saner and well i've got to move on because we're coming towards the end of the show but well done for sharing it because it is a disease of isolation and and, and that's that's one of the big things is being able to tell people yeah, but um, it's hard. It's hard. Pete, but, listen, I, I've, I've yeah. got to move on. I wish we could talk longer. Maybe we will one day next week. But uh, thank you very much for your call. That's uh, Pete in Stockfold. Uh, thank you for all of your calls. Right, let's get the travel, shall we, with Nicola? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the moment is queuing on the Great North Road heading southbound just at the Black Hat roundabout on the sensors this morning. Taking a look at the A40 London Road at the moment is partially blocked heading westbound just between the A355 and Lakes Lane as following an accident that's happened there. The M25 looking a little bit slow at the moment between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27 for the M11. Some major roadworks taking place there causing delays. Um, in High Wickham looking heavy on the A40 London Road Road um, in High Wycombe and take a look at the M40. There is a lane closed just at Junction 5 for Stoke and Church due to some bridge and maintenance work that's taking place. No problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you, Catherine. You've excellently reminded me that we that the same telephone number if people uh, want to get in touch with them. This is a helpline for you if you are suffering personally or if you've got someone that you love who you can see the signs in. 0845 767 8000. That's 0845 767 8000. Catherine. Catherine Kelly, Justin, thank you very much. We'll be back on Monday. Till then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you want your MP to vote for airstrikes against IS?